You know what I need just about now? Pussy dumb shit. It started as a Sunday afternoon baseball game. Guys against the girls. Then these rednecks turned out to be real sore losers. That's when things started to get ugly. They're gonna kill them! I want justice! It's a 15 year anniversary. Those dirtbags hunting us down like animals. Look at it! Let's go! Drop the weapon, I'll bust your neck! It's an accident. Fight Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 224 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct with the homie Double Shot J, also known as the Mexicans. And back in the house, we have the one and only Dave Z from the world's greatest podcast, Exploding Heads Podcast. And of course, I'd be your host and still forever, the Toxic Offender Moods. Wow, I'm happy to be here, and I think you guys did this on purpose. We were just talking before we came on, and we got delayed, and this happened, and this, and we were supposed to record this three times, but I think that Moods orchestrated this, because by the time this comes out, it might be opening day of football, or, or, or baseball. Sorry, football, <laughs> you know what? Three days away from opening season, it's like, boom, take me out to the ball game. It's like perfect timing for this. Holy show. shit, dude. I never even thought wow. of that. But you're 100% right. Actually, the Jays <laughs> opener, I, it's not the it's the season opener, not their home opener, but it is this Friday, and this is when the podcast will officially drop for the public. will be on Friday, so you're right. How See? weird is that? <laughs> That is well, so it's cool, fucked up because I was thinking, I'm like, why are they doing baseball now? Like, where is this coming from? <laughs> and then I'm thinking, well, I'm not a big baseball guy. So I'm like, it can't be this soon. And I'm listening to sports talk because the draft's coming up and yeah. I'm doing a lot, there's a lot of NFL news and stuff. So I'm listening. Oh, yeah, baseball's coming in a couple. And I'm thinking, son of a bitch. Well, here we are. Now they're doing it. Now it makes sense. <laughs> it, it honestly is purely coincidental that, I mean, we got delayed for a month and then it's going to drop on opening day. But <clears throat> what had happened was uh, one of the films here was a Patreon pick and we didn't really know what to do with it. It was uh, battlefield baseball. And then we were just kind of brainstorming. And I was like, well, why don't we just make a killer baseball themed show? Cause I, I, there's other films out there that have to do with baseball and killing and shit. And so we added in blood games, which I'd actually reviewed on this, on the show before. And then we added in the newly newer film, Billy Clapp in there too. But there is other ones I believe too. So yeah, there it's actually, there's actually a surprisingly a lot amount of like sports horror films. Like right. there's a basketball one. Yeah. Um, there's another, there there's one called the catcher or something. It's another baseball yep. um, themed one from the nineties, I believe. Yep. Wait, what, what's 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 the basketball one? Now you got me. I never heard of a basketball. Uh, what is it? O- orange, the Orange Man or something? Wow, never heard of this. Mm, I'm not even sure what that is. But you know, what I just realized all these movies start with B. 
which is B for I was baseball. Just say that. Blood Games, <laughs> Battlefield Baseball, and Billy Club. It just makes sense that it's a baseball theme. Triple Bs. That's so That's weird, crazy. man. That is really, really I was strange. I went through my notes and it was B B B. I was gonna say that. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's well, kinda, we it, should do a sequel, a, a sports show with that basketball movie and like <laughs> two other sports. If they have, oh, there's Blades. That's about golf, right? It's not a yep. good movie, but oh, <laughs> yeah, there's also um, that. Like I said, the catcher one, and the then um, I think there's that really bad basketball one too called like Night of the Dribbler or something. Oh, Night of the Dribbler is like it's pretty much a comedy. <laughs> it's like not even a horror film. It's bizarre. It, it's more of a comedy. It's ridiculous, but. Um, I think there's actually enough to make a, a just a golf themed show. <laughs> like I'm not so even crazy. joking, man. There is like at least three or four golf horror films. It's crazy, <clears throat> but it, it wow. you know it's not really that surprising that there that there's this many sports themed horror films out there because I mean when you look at like insect horror or like monster like whatever it is, there is a movie about every living creature on the planet. <laughs> Like, just try to think of something that they haven't made a movie of. It's ridiculous. There's there's zombievers for fuck's sake. Yeah, there's there's literally like a handful of cockroach movies. Right, like there's tick <laughs> movies. There's cockroaches. There's ants. There's mosquito. every little there's mosquitoes. There's like four mosquito movies, bro. It, it does. It I want to see like a butterfly, man. A you know, butterfly or like a potato bug. Some strange thing, but enlarged. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's slugs and there's even worms with squirm. You know, like it, it just never ends. There's there's something for everything out there. You know that weird crab that like has like the pointy nose. I forget what it's called. You know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about that weird crab that has like the the like long um, like stingray looking thing. It's a crab. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called. They're called like um, ah shit. I forget what Is they're it called. The Boston crab. No, it's it's like a weird looking crab. It's like a circle, and it's like a it looks like a disc almost, and then it's like has like a point. Are these the ones that you found in your pants one time? <laughs> no, shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Scabies. Uh, what the hell is that? I forget what they're called, but they they made, just made a movie with those. With scabies yeah. or giant crabs? Oh, no, God, they, stop they, saying they, scabies. I don't even know if they're giant, but they're, <laughs> it's like that weird crab, you know? Like, I know you guys have seen it. Before. It's not the hermit crab, right? No. I think I know it, what you're it, talking about. It doesn't but even look like I, I I'm pretty sure I don't know what it's called, though. No. I can't even picture it. A crab that looks like a stingray? No, it has like a stingray like type of tail type thing, but it's, wow. it's like a barb. Hmm. It sounds like an alien. It sounds like a what do you call it? Um, you know, what's that thing called? From aliens. The, what's that word? Um the, from aliens, the xenomorphs? Yeah. Yeah, xenomorph. That's what I think of when I when I picture something with a long tail like that or something. Right. I don't know. Right. It doesn't Some look weird. like a regular crab. I'm trying to think of the damn name for him. <laughs> you know, I, I bet you could even probably find three movies that are hockey based that could fall into this category. There has to be. You could you could theme out a right? hockey one, man. It's crazy, dude. How many movies are out there and like, yeah. It's a horseshoe crab. That's what it is. Horseshoe. Yeah. Oh, dude, totally. Right, right, right. They just made yeah. a movie with those, like a killer. That is ri- that's ridiculous. Horseshoe <laughs> crabs, of course, of course. I actually heard it was Here's pretty what good. I know. Really, horseshoe crabs? They fly around? Or they just? Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's like an asylum type movie, but oh, from yeah. what I understand, it's like it's like oh, this is like what like the asylum movie should be or whatever. 
But I don't know. You never know with stuff like that. I, there used to be like some entertaining ones back in the day. Like I love Mosquito, which was like that the prototype for stuff like that. Hmm. You ever see Mosquito, seen... Dave? No, I want to. We were gonna do it when you came on that show, and it didn't happen. And I I want to watch it just because. But I want to watch it to review with you. I'll save it for well, one it's, day. It's ninety four. It's ninety four, so you can watch it in prep. What? Yep. Yeah. How the fuck is this not on my list? And you haven't mentioned it. <laughs> It has a good. Well, re- I'll do it just for that reason. It has a really yeah, good release too from Snaps. It's it's a really good Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, here's what I don't understand, and I keep uh, it's off topic, but we started talking about it earlier. How is there no football movie? Football is the most popular fucking sport. There's there's football movies, but a yeah. football horror movie. How do we not have one of those? Just think mm. of the things you could do with football too. Yeah. Seriously, you can fucking kick somebody's head through for a field goal. You can the closest kind of the closest thing to a football horror movie would be the faculty, right? Because <laughs> yeah. there's that scene where they're like fucking sticking slugs in everyone's ears while playing football. Oh yeah, or prom night three. Wasn't there a football situation in prom night three? Yep. Yeah, I mean, Something. there's, I mean, there's, yeah. it's not like the focus point or nothing, but I think that the no, dude played on the football team kind of thing. So, yeah, dude. Isn't it weird though? Football is as popular as it is. Everybody loves, even people that don't like sports. A lot of people know and love football. It's just yeah, it I is mean, fucking. Sports, you're right though. You're right though, man. Because I, I know a lot of people that don't really care for football that watch. Remember when the TV show Friday Night uh, Lights came out? Yeah, and I believe. Oh, yeah. I think it was after the movie. Yeah, I think it was the TV show that came after the movie. But anyways, people got into the TV show and uh, really enjoyed it for what it is, and you know. It wasn't people that were really digging football and stuff. I thought that was a really there's, good show, actually. There's a zombie movie called Play Dead, and it has a football zombie on the cover. Yeah, I swear there's a football one. I'm just, I'm trying to think be. of it, but. There has to be some low-budget thing that I haven't heard of. Like, Moots like brought up these four or three golf movies. I, I thought of Blades. I, I guess the only other ones must have been, they're, they're still low-budget or, or obscure. I don't know what they are. I don't know. Yeah, I have so another one in my like collection. It's like Greenhouse. Oh, I can't remember what it is. What, <laughs> uh, what is it? It is ridiculous, though, dude. It, How it about is. tennis? Is there a tennis horror movie? <laughs> uh, that would actually be, well. Uh, the, yeah, you know what they yeah, do? Yeah, The Greenskeeper. Is it shoot the balls out? <laughs> There's literally a movie called The Greenskeeper. Nice. Yeah. and no. uh, Is that it, the golf other golf one? It's a low-budget film, and I believe... Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, it is from 2002. All so of put that out. I'm not sure like- if no, no. It's like a low budget DVD, but it was from 2002. So we, you may have watched it in prep. I don't know. Um, I think I did. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. There's bowling. There's two instances of bowling. Obviously, there's kingpin, but then there's the bowling thing that happened in Cabin Fever. So it's oh, cool. and and uh, gutter balls. Of course, gutter balls. Oh, what is probably the most it? famous one? What did I call it? I wanted to say gutter balls. What did I call it? Kingpin? Yeah. Yeah. I always fucking call it that by Yeah, accident. not the Woody Harrelson yeah, movie. I meant gutter Kingpin. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shit. gutter balls is probably the most famous bowling one, which is really cool because Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, unfortunately, that bowling alley they shot that film and doesn't exist anymore. It shut down. It sucks. And then uh, uh there's there's a there's like a couple roller skating ones too. I don't know if it's really a sport. Well, there's there, it's not really a sport. It's more of an activity. But I would I think the Ginger Dead Man Three Saturday Night Cleaver, I believe, is set in a roller dome. 
<laughs> right. And then there's that. Like, oh, boy. There's. Oh, isn't there one with a werewolf or something like that? Where like some sort of werewolf. Does it bowling? happen in Wolf Cop? Does he go bowling or something? <laughs> no, in Wolf Cop Two. Teen Wolf, he bowls. He does actually. He does bowl. And in, in in Wolf Cop Two, that one actually has to do with hockey. It's the the premise is ridiculous. Nice. They have like a brewery in an ice rink facility. It's ridiculous. It's so funny, man. Man, Wolf Cop Two is so funny. It is literally the epitome of Canadian stereotypes, which is done obviously on purpose, but, but it's just like really a brewery in a, in an ice rink. (laughs) That's ridiculous. You just got to see it, man. It's it's got some great moments. You guys ever seen Wolf Cop 2? You guys ever seen the first one? I've never even seen Wolf Cop 1. Oh man. No, me neither. Oh dude. Well, they're, 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 they're a great double feature, man. They're really funny. Yeah, I don't know if they're my type of, of movie, so I've avoided. You never know, though. Like I, 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 I was never gonna watch Zombievers, and I watched it for ABC's so Hidden Horror, and I quite liked it. It wasn't anywhere near as goofy as I thought it was. Oh, it's funny, it's, man. It's, oh, it's Zombievers is awesome. It's got some really funny cool. jokes in it. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't like oh, I was. I was just thinking that that title would be over the top goofy, and I don't like over the top goofy. So, that, that's but how Black like, Sheep is. Like Black Sheep, you would think it would be like just horrible, but it's actually pretty funny. Oh yeah, zombie, zombie sheep's. <laughs> I gotta check that one. I I never saw that one either, man. <laughs> it has There's that so New Zealand. Uh, it has that New Zealand humor in it too, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does because it's, it's a New Zealand flick. Yeah. See, it's but, hard to tell what like New Zealand humor, like, it, like I love Deathgasm, and I think that uh, what do you call it is the best horror comedy ever. Freaking uh, what we do in the shadows—that's New Zealand too. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> but the thing is, those movies are great. Dead Alive for me, it's I I think it's a quality movie. I just don't. The, the humor and some of the stuff isn't really my cup of tea. So, mm-hmm. so but like, there's two different types. You know what I'm saying? Like, Deathgasm, I think, was very funny. And I and, and what we do... Oh, I love Deathgasm. And it gets better funny. the more... But I don't like it. Housebound, and I'm not over the moon with, uh, you know... Although I do like Bad Taste, but I, I, I haven't watched it in years. But when I was a kid, I used to always watch Bad Taste. Have you ever taste. seen Meet the Feebles? Oh, Meet the Feebles <laughs> is so good, too. No, but I'm going. The first man, the first five Peter Jackson movies are just amazing, man. In my opinion, but I Housebound that's like legitimately one of my favorite films of like the last twenty years. I love Housebound. I've watched it so many times. I love the humor in that. But I guess you know, you know, it's apparently kind of an acquired taste, I guess. But I love the lead. Yeah, it didn't make me laugh. One scene made me laugh. I remember something happened. Somebody was sneaking in somewhere, and somebody had uh, false teeth, and they shot out, and they went somewhere. I remember laughing at that. I think it's and more. I don't remember any more humor to me. I don't know if it's if it's that type of comedy where it's like make you laugh out loud, belly laugh kind of thing. I think it's just like more situational humor, and it. it, it but it's still right. kind of dark though, too, right? And and the lead chick is just fuck. She's so good in the film though. Like she's just such a bitch, but she pulls it off. The character's so well. So that's what kind of sells it for me. But I love the atmosphere. Like I love the whole setup to the film. It's just it's kind of unique. But it just feels like a New Zealand film to me. You know, it's got that Right. I don't know. It just it just has that appeal. Wish they did more films. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, they were supposed sure. to make a Deathgasm too. You know, I was just going to ask you whatever happened to that sequel because I knew that there was supposed to be, and I thought it was in production or maybe it was a Kickstarter. I don't know what happened with that one, but I remember there's supposed to be one and it never 
happened. Yeah, which, I'm not sure what happened to it, honestly. Because I, I thought maybe it was supposed to be a crowdfunded thing, because the first one wasn't, right? It was a film that was made, and then I think they tried to fund the second one. I don't know. I could be, I honestly I, don't I, I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure, and maybe that's why it didn't happen. Maybe they tried to raise the money, and it just didn't work out, like a lot of films. So... I don't get that though. If they had enough money to make the original, and, and the original, you know, it was successful, you would right. think that the second time around they and would have some residuals from the first. Well, you, you think know? so because it became pretty popular, like in media sales, yeah. and it, it must have done pretty well. I mean, it was all over the place, you know. Even I mean, Walmart had it. Didn't they have to re- rename it or something? Problem. They couldn't call it Death Gasm? Yeah, they called it like uh, <laughs> Apocalypse or, or me- Heavy Metal Apocalypse or something. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> what was what was the other one that Walmart recently had? It was uh, Christmas Horror Story. And it was like, what was yes. it, just Christmas Story? Holiday Horror Story. Or Holiday, Holiday, Holiday Horror Story. No, did, did they still have horror in the so title? so ridiculous. Oh my God, it's so that dumb. That is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, that doesn't make any sense, because how could they sell... Charlie Brown Christmas and Christmas Vacation and a Christmas story. How come this has to be the one to be changed to holiday? Because it's got horror in the title. Yeah. It's already offensive. So ridiculous, dude. But I, so, I, so like if Black Christmas or Christmas Evil were ever at like a, a store like that? Oh, that's fucking weird, man. Well, they're kind of picking and choosing, man. That, that's straight politics right yeah. there. Because, I mean, if, the, if Walmart is in the game of not trying to offend people by having, you know, holiday type theme movies on their shelves like that say christmas and easter and stuff like that they should be pulling those ones too then it's bullshit i, I don't it's want bullshit. them to pull anything but oh of course it's, don't make them it's it's, it's bullshit you know? that they would even do really like you're offending people come on <laughs> like give me a fucking break but no they're just picking and choosing because it's it, they're easy targets man horror films have always been easy targets for that type of uh that type of political bullshit right yeah that's for sure yeah but yeah uh, it's funny i was watching some old documentaries recently and i was watching like uh, uh, on friday nights when i hang out with my friends we usually a lot of times we'll just watch like documentaries shit that happened in the 80s so i was watching a special like a geraldo show and they were talking about satanic panic and then another one was talking <laughs> about heavy metal concerts and these are the fans of heavy metal and you should see the propaganda and the way they talked about heavy metal fans and what yeah. lyrics they decided to, to cherry pick and everything else. And same thing with the Satanist people. Like they would say this, this, and this, but they would, it was so bad. Like to see it now <laughs> as an adult knowing what was, what's actually going on because I know a little bit about Satanism and I know a lot about heavy metal. So I'm going back and I'm watching this now and hearing the things they're saying, I'm like, you are just straight up lying. This is, this is propaganda at its it worst. It was all propaganda, and, so and, they, and, and they they told, <laughs> they read lyrics out of context and stuff. And and that's the problem with yeah. reading lyrics out of context is that you know if you re- you can take anything out of context, right? And you know it just doesn't sound good if you just say the one line, right? Like I mean, you, you have to have the context to make it sense. But they're not going to give you that because they're not selling you that. They want you to think the shit's evil. And, and, it's and all they political. Lied a lot it's too, right? Yeah, like they, they they talked, they, they over exemplified like how much cursing was in the music too. Where like they used to do that to Marilyn Manson too, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, D. Snyder. Um, well, look at the whole and, and twisted they sister also, was fighting. Yeah, P. M. R. C. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. yeah, the whole shit with Tipper Gore, man, in the early eighties with, yeah. with D. Snyder was amazing. But like, what I always remember, yeah. like, I mean, that was a little bit too early for me. I just I remember seeing the clips of uh, D. Snyder like um, up at the what it was house, whatever the fuck it is, man, uh, Parliament, whatever the fuck it is. But um, I always remember 
you know, the reason why albums end up getting parental advisory stickers on the on the on the records and stuff was because of Two Live Crew and Luke, yes, sir. right? Because they they attacked <laughs> yeah. the shit out of Two Live Crew so bad, and then Luke did the same thing that D. Snyder did. He went up there and fucking explained everything too, and then that was kind of like the. That was kind of like the medium. So we're going to put this on the records and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, whatever. But they were like looking to ban the shit, like straight yep. up yeah. fucking banned it. And then it never it obviously got banned. silly now, right? Like right. Looking back on it, it's like, oh my God. Like, right. You guys were on something. So we had and, and it did the opposite effect anyway. Like the parental advisory sticker just meant that it was cooler, and everybody of course absolutely did. Absolutely, idiots to begin with. Right? It was a great mark. It was a great marketing tool towards the kid. They didn't even realize that man. It's like you saw that parental advisory, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get some fucking language on this motherfucker. Like, yeah, pop that pussy, right? Yes. And and then and then it was hilarious. It was so funny because after Luke fought that shit against the government and stuff, and then the the course he came out the solo record banned in the USA, right? And it was just like it was the most vulgar fucking thing ever like he just he did this record so over the top and it was just he was proving a point right oh it was great man he pissed off everybody man <laughs> it was amazing, yep, he but... was mother fucking them all fuck martinez fuck but... everybody the, the the judges the the fucking everybody that was trying to ban everything dude if luke people don't talk about this at least i don't hear anybody talking about it but if luke would have laid down on that and not fought back as hard as he did there's a good chance we don't have like music may have been censored from that moment on. Right. Like we would, all the artists that have come out since they owe a debt to fucking to Luke. Oh, I've, I, I've said this a million times, man. I said, Luke is a very, very important figure in not just hip hop music, but in music in general, because he fought yeah, for man. against that censorship and shit like that. And he doesn't really get the credit. Cause I don't think people really know the story no. of why there's parental advisor stickers and who fought for this and why there isn't that censorship and shit. And, you know, but I mean, the greatest publicity out there is the bad publicity that these politicians are giving you and shit. Like, oh, they're they're trying to like denounce all these all these rap groups and heavy metal groups and shit like that. But meanwhile, what they're doing, the record sales went up like seventy percent <laughs> because of it. Right? It was the greatest shit ever for the music industry. It was awesome. So fuck them, it was. even for trying to censor, you know, freedom of speech. Right? It's it's bullshit. I'm, I've always been super against it and like, fuck them for it. And they, and they backfired on them hardcore and the music industry never sold more records at that time. You know? Right. It, it's, it's insane that that yeah. even happened. It happened with music and see, I was there living it. This is why it's, I'm so passionate about it in the eighties. First, the MPAA came in and started censoring our fucking horror movies. Mm-hmm. And then, then towards the end of the eighties, early nineties, because Two Life Crew, this is the thing about Two Life Crew, as nasty as they want to be was their third album. Nobody gave a fuck. They said, we want some pussy on the first album and throw the dick. There was a little bit of cursing. Their second album moved something. Definitely had more sexual innuendo and more cursing. A lot more. Nobody said shit until it crossed over and the song Me So Horny got popular. Then all of a sudden, all these white folks heard about this fucking band because it got so popular and they started fighting. And, and there that, you go. That was and the problem. Got popular. That was the problem. Dude. It wasn't a problem when the music was just, you know, when it was right. blazing in the ghettos and it was just, you know, applying to, you know, black people and Hispanics and things like that. Nobody gave a shit. But when it, you're right, as soon as it bled over into, you know, beyond the white picket fences, it was a fucking problem, man. It was a major Big fucking time. problem. And, you know, I mean, it's scary. It was scary to white folks, man. They're like, no, we can't be having that shit. That, that's polluting our kids' ears. They're, they're doomed. They're fucking doomed if they're going to hear, you know, we want some pussy. But now says they want to be in the sports weekend. Oh, my God, those records are. I mean, yeah. Jesus, dude. Like, 
They're great. They're so great, dude. Like, Two Life Crew. They are. Oh, man. Those are very memorable memorable records. And thank God oh, for Luke. For sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. Yeah. My mother used to get so mad at me because she heard me hearing everything like NWA coming up and Luke and the early Two Life Crew. And even Andrew Dice Clay was out of that. Oh, yeah. And that got real controversial. Hickory so, dickory But I was there to live all that. You know? Yeah. The yeah. fucking. They're trying to ban. They're trying to take the violence out of movies. And then they're trying to take the curse words. And they didn't even last long. Like, people didn't really start cursing on a record, like, a lot until, like, 88. Until, like, when well, Straight Outta Compton came back, it w- came out, it was really mind-blowing to even me. And I came up on everything else. So, like, 88, like, and then 91 or 1990, I want to say, is when fucking Nasty They Want to Be comes out. So they only had, like, a not even a 10-year frame of cursing on records, and they were already going to remove completely it was crazy shit they, going they, on. they tried to take that step that that shit one step further with the with those two live crew records too man like so oh, yeah so they passed the law okay we're gonna put parental advisory stickers on here and that'll prevent people from buying it yeah that one's fucking idiots but um <laughs> so so they they did take it one step further and I, I know it wasn't like every store but there was certain spots and shit that kind of complied with this thing and they were putting basically like you know, like almost like a like a black f- foil over the covers of the two live crew records and shit because oh, of the, yeah, the sexual con- asses. Yeah, because yeah. there was asses and there was chicks and bikinis yeah. and things like that, right? For the sports, you know, nationally want to be kind of thing. So they were selling the records like that. And I remember, I remember seeing two live crew records like that. And I also remember seeing like the early Cannibal Corpse albums because they were so fucking gory that they were selling mm-hmm. in certain stores. Those covers were even covered up too. And I was like, damn, yep. all you wanted to do was see what's, what was under that black foil. You're like, fuck, I'm buying that record blind as fuck right now. Like, like <laughs> totally, all they were doing man. was making people buy this shit even more. Right. They get total backfire. But, you know, yeah, it was a crazy time. And like basically two live crew and Luke, they paid. The, they're like what Friday the 13th was to the MPAA. They took they made examples out of them for mm-hmm. the rest of their fucking every Friday the 13th thing came out. They fucking, you know, they, they cut, because we talk about it all the time. You see movies that came out in this year, and you're like, how come Friday the 13th is so fucking chopped up? And yet this one was not. And we're like, well, I guess they just, they just had a boner about Friday the 13th. They fucking didn't like them. And the same thing with Two Live Crew. Luke had to fucking face harassment everywhere. You can add, remember, they, they, they shut them right down when they were performing. They fucking oh. arrested them. I mean, it happened to NWA before him, and yeah. it happened to fucking Jim Morrison in the 60s. Yeah. But still. You know, it's just yeah. There's yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely different eras of uh, you know people getting fucking totally shut out and the censorship uh, coming down on them hardcore for sure, man. But I will admit though, like two live crew shows, man, were absolutely something that you had to see to believe. I the first time I ever saw two live crew was in two thousand and either two thousand or two thousand one, and I saw them at a famous strip club at, in Vancouver called the Cecil. Now, the Cecil was famous for having, like, A-list porn stars come in there and strip and stuff. It was awesome. Like, you always paid a hefty cover charge in there. But, like, you would see people like Jenna Jameson in there and shit. Like, it was crazy. Like, it was a really, really high-class place. But it was fucking crazy, dude. Like, in 2000, you'd spend, like, 10, 12 bucks cover to get in. And they had a two-drink minimum. And each beer was, like, 12 bucks. And this is, like, 2000, bro. (laughs) Like, remember when beer was cheap? You were paying, like, three times as much for one beer. So, you get in the door and you buy your two beers. You're 40 bucks deep. It's like, what the fuck just happened? This is, and like, I'm a broke-ass student, right? So anyways, I went to the strip club a couple times and shit. But anyways, 
I was listening to this local uh, late night hip hop radio show and you used to pay to go on there, but they used to have contests all the time and shit. And they were giving away two free tickets to the Cecil show. So when two live crew would come into town, they would always do two different types of shows. They would do their X rated um, strip club show. And then they would go and play on Richards on Richard, AKA dicks on dicks. And it would be like an all ages show. And then they, they would t- tame it down. They wouldn't have the fucking strippers and stuff on stage. So, which is c- kind of smart, right? So you get two shows, you get two different kind of crowds and stuff. But so I won tickets to, the the strip club show and uh so me and my buddy we go in there and i'm just like i'm so stoked to see that because i didn't I've, I've i've heard of their live shows in the strip clubs and i was like okay is it really that crazy oh my god man this shit was fucked up man they had fucking strippers 69ing on the stage and like there was like fuck it was fucking porno it was a fucking porno wow. show man it was nuts dude and two life crew was so good too like they they performed so well and Oh, it was such a blast. It's like something you'd never see again. Like you just wouldn't see that shit, man. It's just uh, No way. It not was now. nuts. <laughs> it, it's we walked so out of there and I was like, you, whoa. <laughs> was whenever you think about how uptight we used to be, like I, I am glad that we live in an era where it's like calmed down a little bit. But like even going way back to the like. 40s, Which is kind of ironic because now everything's almost even worse. Like you can't say anything these days without. Well, Offending somebody, but it, at least you can uh, curse all you want, but just don't use any type of fucking certain words, slanders. Yeah, yeah but you know, yeah, but <laughs> you can't even joke about shit anymore. Apparently, like you, <laughs> you'd never want to make a GI Jane two joke about someone's <laughs> wife because you'll get smacked the motherfucker up. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's the type of world that we're living <sighs> in. Because if Chris Rock made that joke even ten years ago, Will Smith probably would have looked at his wife and said, "You signed up for GI Jane two." <laughs> right? right you know what i'm saying bro like he would have been like bro i didn't know that shit you know like, it would have been a joke True, but it's not right. a joke anymore because everybody's so fucking uptight about everything and i understand that will smith smacking out chris rock didn't have a lot to do with the actual joke it's the built-up aggression and and frustrations he's had with with jada too though over the last bunch of years and stuff but it doesn't mean you go and smack someone up for doing his job what do what do guys no. do with the Oscars? Chris Rock's job is to Come make on. jokes and roast people. This is what you do with right. the Oscars. This is literally his job. You can't get mad. I saw the funniest meme. Like obviously the memes went crazy after this, but I literally busted out laughing at this one so fucking hard. They're like, I can't remember exactly how the meme went, but they're like, you know, the Academy thought thought it was so crazy that uh, Will Smith smacked out Chris Rock that they actually gave him a statue of of Jada. <laughs> <laughs> Because he won an Oscar, right? And the statue's a bald head. Oh, that's funny. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I fucking... I, for five minutes, I was... I had tears in my eyes. I was like, oh my God. They rewarded him literally with a statue of Jada. A golden statue of Jada. <laughs> I was fucking roaring, man. I couldn't stop laughing. I, I was this dying, man. I was like, oh my God. That is the best one I've seen so far. It was so funny. But. Oh, the poor bastard. He's in a situation that a lot of guys get into. Because yeah, he laughed at first, and then you can't see it there, but I bet there's another angle, and she probably looked at him and gave well, him a fucking look. Like, you better do something, motherfucker. And then, so he has to do it now. But somebody, That's how I Somebody that. did make a good point. They're like, why the fuck didn't Jada stop him from going up there? Like, you know the she second you get up. She's down. But like, she's troublesome, dude. But, like, he's lucky that Denzel didn't come to the rescue, man. And, like, he said some shit not only to Will, but he also said something to some people that were wanting to kick him out of the Oscars and stuff, right? Denzel kind of saved the day. And, like, the Academy didn't want to even have him back and shit. And, you know, I don't know what the fuck Denzel said, but... But, like, you just can't do shit like that anymore. 
I mean, I don't know if it was ever acceptable to just walk up and smack a comedian <laughs> in the face. But, well, no. You know, I mean, could you imagine, dude? Like, there's so many comedians out there that have made a living off roasting people and shit. Look, look at Robin Williams. All the people, like, actually, Robin Williams actually had people jump up on stage at him before earlier in his career because he was so good at roasting people, right? But why are you at a comedy show then? You know, well, if you're going to get offended I, I, by jokes. To be fair, though, I think it was a bit unfortunate because of the the fact that she had a medical condition and he didn't know that. You know what I mean? Because you don't really. That's a little poor. That's case, true. If you do know that. No, know? Chris Rock knew and that she had I alopecia. See where he, he knew. I, I, I think Chris Rock knew that she had alopecia. He but, said she. He said he didn't know. Okay. Well, you know he what? Could be lying, he said but, she I mean, said whatever. It is what it is. But I mean, it was pretty well documented that she had alopecia. That's why she was bald because she started losing her hair, so she shaved her fucking head. It only makes sense if, as a woman, you do something like that. But you know, I, I don't know how he wouldn't have known that. Or maybe he just forgot in the moment, and the joke was just too good to pass off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But either way, I mean, come on. You know, it's still a should have been a harmless rip i don't know bro i mean that some people are sensitive about stuff like that you know what i mean like i can't can't really but at the end of the day chris rock's not trying to be malicious he's literally doing his job he's making he he roasted everybody you know okay but 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 but, but, but being roasted and being roasted about something that you can't control is a bit different though you know what i mean like it's like you don't it's like kind of low hanging fruit you know you attack someone's like physical deformity or something you know what i mean like that's i could kind of see if that was like my wife i'd be like really motherfucker like we're going there you know what i mean i could i could kind of see now i do understand too that he's a comedian Mm -hmm. and that's his job but at the same time it's like there's other things you can make fun of than something that is literally out of someone's hands it's like you don't want to make fun of someone missing an arm right yeah but check it maybe you don't get roasted they go there. That's what a roast is. Yeah. And that's what he did at the thing. And he's done it there before. He did it at the VMAs before. He's done it for years. And if you ever watch like a real roast, have you ever like watched a celebrity roast? They used to put them on like E back in the day. Yeah. They go there all the time where half the fucking, the one, the real good jokes people in the audience are going, ooh. Because the they know they want to yeah. talk about You don't get mad about it. You yeah. know you're going to get fucking rid of it. Yeah. Right, I, but I, this wasn't a roast. Well, <laughs> technically, I mean, technically, it's not a full-blown roast. Show. But, you know, th- that still has been going on for years and years. Whoever hosted those things before. I remember when Billy Crystal and, you know, and they used to do it and shit. Like, they, that's what you did. You just roasted the fucking, the guests, which are the Hollywood A-list stars. You know, it is what it is. Right. But... And he does that. Don't you remember on the VMAs? He fucking, he talked shit about Britney Spears, uh, Ricky Martin, and fucking Moby all in one year at the, on the fucking stage. He was busting their balls. Nobody the, said shit. The only time I ever, like, I watched a I lot of those rows. The, the topic was the hair, right? It's like, I think that's where the, the issue comes in is that it, it's a medical condition. It's like, right. it's not saying like you're a slut. It's like, yeah, okay, that's funny. He probably um, didn't know because, I mean, I was that's like, what I he know. said he didn't know. That, so, that's I what mean. I'm saying. He probably thought it was her style. She decided I'm going to start doing this fucking style and shaving my head. And he poked fun at it. You know, that's I mean, I OK, I get it. I, I get what you're saying. Making fun of medical conditions is is, is honestly not funny. But like, what, if, what if you were walking down the street and somebody said something to your wife that, about a medical condition, you know, obviously different context. Yeah, you'd be like, totally different context. You know what but, I mean? So I could kind of. But it's not that far of a bridge either to embarrass your wife in front of a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's a joke or not, 
there's certain you know things that are a little off off uh the table in my opinion but at the same time i do think that he just made him uh will smith is like overreacted because it is just a joke i i think he did too and i think there's a different level of you know approaching medical conditions too i mean let's face facts here i mean alopecia is not a it's not a life-threatening medical condition. It's an unfortunate right, but for a woman, dude, that lose. That's what I'm hair, saying. Like, it's an unfortunate I, I do medical think that condition. That's a, bit of a sensitive issue. Yeah, it, and she said she struggled with it. Yeah, right, right. But I mean, you know, if Chris Rock said that he was he, that he didn't know that she actually had that, and she was just you know pulling some fucking Demi Moore shit, then it is what it is. You know, whose right. word? You know, but yeah, you, you don't make fun of people's serious medical conditions. I mean, if they're life-threatening and shit, like it's like making jokes of cancer and shit. That's not fucking funny. But, you know, I, I've watched a lot of those roasts over the years. And the only time that I ever thought somebody went too far in an actual roast was Amy Schuler. She was roasting Steve-O. And, about Ryan Dunn. And right? she went off about Ryan Dunn. And I was like, yeah. bro, I was like, that's not really funny because yeah, he fucking died. Problem. And it was like his best friend. And like, you could see Steve-O was not happy, but he didn't smack a bitch up. And and, and, and <laughs> in that moment, he might have taken one of those tampon commercials and, you know, I would, you know, and beat the shit out of her with a box of tampons, you know, but, right. um, but like, yeah, that wasn't very funny because it was kind of fresh. And, you know, it was like his best friend and it was very tragic and shit. And like, and the jokes were just mean. Right. Like, that, that's really mean. To, to, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, that was I probably know, the only time I'd ever saw Rose and was like, bro. Like, Listen, not I, good. I, I don't believe anything should be off limits, but there's going to be consequences if you say something that's a little too fucked up. Yeah. But like, I don't think we should put cap on like what we can actually, what should, what, what's allowed to be said. I'm going to give Chris Rock the benefit comment. of the doubt that he didn't know. And he made a great joke. If she had shaved yep. her head willingly, he made a great fucking joke, you know, definitely. So I agree. Right. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't good. You know, the irony is that like, or I, I wouldn't say irony, but more coincidental, I'd actually watched, um, I didn't even know the Oscars won because, you know, I hate the Oscars. I hate award shows in general. I think they're all garbage, but I'd actually was watching or I just finished whatever at the same time the Oscars was on. I watched uh, Bad Boys, the third one. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> I, did, I, I saw you watch that. Yeah, I've never seen it. Any is it called stuff. for life or is there? Yeah, Bad life? Boys for Life. And it just felt like it was like 17 years after the, after the sequel. You know, but it wasn't, it wasn't even the movie, like the movie itself wasn't that bad. Like Will Smith was pretty good and he's always, you know, decent and stuff. Martin Lawrence was fine. It was the storyline was fucking stupid. It was just so lame. So, but it was just weird that I, you know, it's not like I watch a lot of Will Smith movies and I just happened to watch one on, on his big night at the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I just happened to watch a Will Smith movie for the first time, like two weeks ago. My wife wanted me to see it. So we all watched it. The three of us, it was, uh. Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness. That was that was. Oh, a good dude, movie. that movie's sad, bro. Yeah, that movie is. Yeah, it's a good one though. It's yeah. a true yeah. story, and it ended up nice. But I mean, to see, yeah, some stuff was sad. But I never saw that one, so I was like, "How about that? That's a good one." And then, you know, a couple weeks later, that that thing, and that's the only thing I saw from the Oscars because, like you, moods, I don't watch any award shows or, or care about them whatsoever. No. I just I avoid this thing. I'm not even on social media, and I was getting texts in the morning about it and videos. And I got to tell you, just after one hour. 
I was already fed up with the memes. I'm like, I'm so dude, Oh, dude, me dude, too. Me too I was so annoyed, man, because like I really only ever go on Instagram, and I I clicked on. I didn't even know until next morning. I'm like kind of scrolling through it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it was like literally every single person I'm following had posted a meme of Will. I was like, oh, and by like you know this is eight in the morning. And by noon, I was like, enough is enough. I'm done with this shit, bro. It was so overplayed. I was like, this isn't even funny. And then, and like, I let it rest. And it was like two days later, I saw that one about the statue. And, and I literally busted out laughing. I was like, that's the best That one. is funny, though. It was fucking funny, man. <laughs> it was so good. But oh, out of nowhere, I'm not on social media, so I didn't even fucking see. I just saw literally, if someone put it in a group text or a freaking chat on Messenger... That that was enough that it only took me like I got up at six a.m. and I saw the first one because it happened the night before. By the time I got to work and I was out in the field and it was like nine o'clock, I was I shut off my notifications. I said I'm done. I said I don't even. Want I'm so sick. There's two things. If I never hear the words Will Smith or Ukraine again, I'll be a happy man. Right. <laughs> That's all I fucking hear about Will Smith, Ukraine. Well, I can't fuck. I don't even watch the news and I can't fucking avoid this shit. Right. And I'm off social media. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Yeah, not I, to get into another word. I, I'm just saying that's all I hear about, you know. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get that, man. Oh, I, I'm like the same way, man. I try to avoid the. I mean, with my Instagram, most of the shit that I'm seeing isn't. There's really no political talk and stuff. But every once in a while, when a, when a meme or a, a situation goes viral, then I have to stay off for a day or two because it's just literally the same shit. Everyone's doing the same shit. I'm like, really? Like, just just post what you're usually doing, man. Uh, right it gets old so quick oh at least so that's how quick. i see it i it's, mean people are having fun so we shouldn't knock it it's just i for me it gets old quick and i have to get pull, pull yeah. off you know like, right right yeah. right um well you know since we're here i i guess there is something that we have to address jp oh yeah um so this is gonna be like ripping a band-aid off it's gonna get this <laughs> over with um, so we had, I guess, kind of an incident on the last episode that we recorded the episode 223, which was, which episode was that? <laughs> I don't even remember what we reviewed on. The was last it episode. about babies or something? Was it, it was about babies baby that blood. episode? Oh, it was pregnancy the, it was the pregnancy blood. horror one. Yeah. So anyways, we did definitely had, okay. So the short and long of this is that, um, for the people that listen to the show, they know what was said and stuff, but uh, essentially Jeremy said something on the show that, you know, me and JP are, do not advocate for whatsoever. And we, Jeremy has said a, a few things over the years on the show that, uh, that we are very much against and, um, do not put up with basically. Um, so we have been kind of forced to, to move forward with the show, um, without Jeremy this was like a mutual decision between the three of us. So don't be trying to spread some lies like me and JP fucking fired him off this show. Cause that's not really how it <laughs> went down. We're still friends, but essentially a short and long is something was said and uh, like more of like a racial comment. And um, we just felt like it was probably the best thing to do for the show to move forward. And uh, you know, we wish him the best, like we're still friends with him and stuff. And um, you know, it, it probably comes at a good time too, because he's also very busy with his life and can't really record as much either. But you know, that's a different story. And, and and just to clarify something, I don't think that Jeremy is like racist or anything like that. I just think that he's 
he's uh, just his humor is sort of badly timed sometimes and and he doesn't he's not really that funny at, at times you know and he, he just, like his go-to is offensive humor but it it, it comes off bad sometimes so that that's kind of where, where we were at with that but I, I mean i you know he's still our friend and stuff like that it just it, we just decided that it's it's better if we separate and again this was a mutual thing between us like it wasn't like oh i mean jp ganged up on him and then you know said bro you gotta you gotta fucking you know you you know you're getting kicked to the curb kind of thing it wasn't like that at all he understood the severity of the situation he knew that it offended you know people but it, it also offended us because at the same time you know it's like we're a trio so what's said on the show reflects all of us and I think he, and, I think he's very sorry for it and stuff. And we just felt like the best thing because I mean, this isn't the first time and, you know, we don't really address this stuff a whole lot because, you know, throughout the years, I mean, we've been kind of a, you know, say whatever the fuck we want to say. Cause usually the shit's joking. Um, even really? though that was meant to be a joke, it just didn't come off like <clears> that. And it was very badly timed and it just, it did offend people it, and it offended us too. Cause we didn't really know what to say in the moment. And I was like, bro. Like not good. And not only that, but like we've actually had conversations behind the scenes for the last like year or two yeah. about like s- not saying shit like that yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? And like not not saying things that are, you know, and, and we're probably like the least amount of people that are like get get bent out of shape about jokes and stuff like that. Like we, you know, we're not like for cancel culture or anything like that but it's like we've made a conscious decision to remove some of that immature uh silly stuff off the show and like it's not something that just came out of nowhere like for a long time now we've consciously made an effort to stop doing that yeah like we try to refrain from using you know saying retarded a lot and you know things like that i mean we get it we get it i mean we're getting older i'm in my 40s Right. I mean, I don't need to be saying shit, even though even off the top of the show, I called JP my Mexican. But, you know, we're, we're joking. Um, but at the same time, you know, there, there's a time and a place for it. And then it comes off as uh, pretty ill sometimes. And uh, but there's no hard feelings. You know, it is what it is. We're just you know, it's like it's like being in a band. You know, sometimes shit happens. People move on. You know, sometimes they're friends after, sometimes they're not. And in this case, I've, I've still talked to Jeremy. I haven't talked to him in the last week, I don't think. But. But I, I have talked ta- to him a couple minutes ago. Oh yeah, so I mean, I've <laughs> talked, I've talked to him, you know, lots of times after we made the mutual decision to to kind of move forward without him and stuff. But so oh, you know, and I guess we should like Dave Parker is also off the show just because he's a douchebag. Yeah, and we don't like him. He's mean and he's angry and old. Yeah, he's always yelling at us <laughs> at, at inappropriate times, and I'm like, bro, we were just having a conversation about uh, about Saturday morning cartoons, and he's like, fuck you, bro. You know, he's, he gets all he gets all up in airs. No, no, Dave's not off the show. He's just really busy, and we we've stated this from day one with Dave. Like he's going to be there for the bigger shows and certain other shows, but he's got shit going on. He's he's doing movies. He's got his new top ten secret show that he's doing. He's got his own podcast and things like that. So Dave will be around, just not as much as maybe he once was. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, yeah. You know, but the thing is, you know, we're going to be breaking soon for the summer break, anyways, and mm-hmm. uh, things will get reassessed in the fall. Who knows? Dave might be yeah. just more open. Who knows? But yeah, and um, I, I imagine you know, the we, next question is even okay. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say that people are probably wondering like, what's going to happen with? Are we replacing Jeremy? No, we're not. Um, 
so hence why Dave's on in the show. And actually, I, I actually heard a rumor that Brandon was retiring from Exploding Heads and he was actually coming to 22 Shots. I think that's why. <laughs> that, that's I think that, what's going on. I think that's why he's not doing he's not doing Exploding Heads right now because he was like secretly going, you know, if I just kind of like not do that show and just kind of like step over here all sideways and shit and, you know, we'll just go to 22 Shots. No, that's actually not true. See? But we wish that's Brandon. That's why I'm trying to beat him to it. In case it is his plan, I figured I'd beat him to it. I said, I'm going to go on to <laughs> right, it. Right, so right. have to stay with me. I'll pull a Derek like he did before. Remember, he came on and he was back again and again. And he just kind of became the. <laughs> he, just, he just never <laughs> moved out. <laughs> right, right. Actually, like, well, the oh, reason yeah, why he moved out is because Jeremy came back. Day. He came back for episode 100. That was the reason why Derek wasn't on the show anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right, but, yeah. Jeremy came back. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. Yep. That was a nice surprise at the time. I remember that. That was cool. Yeah, because we didn't tell anybody. No. Right. Nobody knew. Right. So, again, we are just going to run the two-man marathon here, and uh, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll have Dave on when he can, uh, Dave Parker. Um, and then uh, also, I'm sure Dave Z will be on here and there, too, because like, oh, yeah. this, this time schedule works for you better than our old one. Yeah, yeah. This, this recording during the early part of the day is actually pretty beneficial for a lot of people. So um, I'm sure we'll have uh, – I want to get Tom back on. Um, speaking of award shows, yep. actually, he's the only award show I actually ever watch is The Hornies, <laughs> his his horror-related show on YouTube. So, um, <clears throat> But, yeah, I'd like to get Tom back on. And, and I think we're going to have to just kind of reach out. So, you know, if anybody wants to – Yeah, there's, there's some uh, people that I would like to, to try out as well. Um, some of our friends and stuff that haven't been on in a while and things. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have you know, some guests here and there. And I'm sure that we, me and Moods might even just do duo shows every once in a while because we used to do that from time to time. Well, hell, we did it for a long time mm-hmm. whenever Jeremy left the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to get some guests on that don't fall asleep and snore. So Yeah, maybe we could see what Kyle's <laughs> jazz is up to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so no that just that had to be addressed and stuff so for all you uh jeremy lovers out there don't know what to say sorry he's on youtube you can love him yeah you know he's he's been back doing reviews on there and stuff he hasn't done anything recently but i'm sure there are probably more coming with the reviews speaking of review video reviews jp where the fuck are all yours what are you talking about all my what your video reviews and shit of what? You know you're getting tons of fucking movies to review I and shit. I did them all. Really? Wow. Yeah. American Werewolf, uh, two um, Shaw Brothers movies, um, Toolbox Murders. Th- those are all video reviews? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, fuck I me. Did, I, I actually um, haven't got anything since then. I, mm. I requested April stuff, but... Yeah, I, I didn't get uh, I didn't get the other eighty eight film. I'd already ordered them anyways, but this last pack I got like three movies. So, but the other one will be out tomorrow, which I've seen before. Come drink with me. I have the eighty eight uh, Shaw Brothers release of that, so it's a good movie. But anyway, oh, you guys should promote your thing. By the way, the thing you guys are doing for the, the oh yeah, oh good, yeah, good, good. I guess we haven't good, uh, uh, done a show since we started it, right? So yeah, JP, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so. Um, moods invited me to take part in this challenge uh based on a magazine that came out from rue morgue in i believe what 2012 you said 2012 yep 
Yeah, they put together a magazine of 200 horror films from all different eras, from you know the 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 20s all the way up and. It's called 200 yeah, alternative horror films. Yeah, alternative, yeah. And uh, b- basically, like a hidden gems list or like a, a underrated list. And uh, we're taking the challenge, and me and Moods are recording video reviews of uh, together, not like separate, of every film, and we're doing it at random. So the first episode posted, uh, I believe, two weeks ago was The Loved Ones. And then we just posted our second episode today, I believe. Was it today? Yeah, this morning, which was uh, Psycho 2. Right. And And then we'll record our next one soon. Yeah. So the the way we do it, we pick them at random, of course. And that's at the end of every episode. So if you check out uh, Psycho 2, you'll know what uh, the third episode is going to be. Yeah. And with the hopes of some of you guys following along with us and taking the challenge as well which is pretty cool. I think it's a great idea that you came up with there. And, uh, it's, there's a lot of cool films on that list. And mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot of ones that have not really been talked about, like at all by anybody. And then there's some more popular ones like psycho Two, but they're, they're still fun to watch. Like we had a, we let, we literally say in the episode how much fun we had just re- revisiting psycho Two Cause mm-hmm. it's an amazing movie. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. It's on Moods' channel, Moods Six One Six on YouTube, and uh, support it because uh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a fun challenge. And I, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, man, if we were to do one a week, that would be two hundred weeks. Yeah, it's going to take four years. To That's four years, man. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. not quite four years, but it's great. But yeah. I'm sure we'll get more done <laughs> at certain times. Yeah, I mean, because they're not really that time consuming. Yeah, I mean, in the summer, you know, we could probably watch a couple and then get together and record a couple or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's probably not that going to be that hard. I, I mean, I know that um, Joe and his Fangoria challenge, they they pre-recorded like a lot of them like so they they're actually done with the series but they're still like i think till they it doesn't officially end in terms of one a week until like the end of may or something like that but they've actually watched everything and recorded everything you know it's funny it's funny with joe's series man because i because i'm subscribed to him so his videos come up but i never put two and two together when it said the fangoria challenge i didn't even know that there was a magazine (laughs) i thought they were just reviewing films out of fangoria i had no idea that it was like a like a magazine challenge like the rue morgue one i had no idea yeah yeah a hundred uh Oh, they had that book. Yeah, I had that book. Because one uh, horror movies you never heard of or something. I got that book. And, like, it's funny because it I don't. Yeah, it's funny because I don't have that one. So I didn't know that existed. So it must be like an yeah. old. Is it from the early 2000s maybe? Yes, definitely. Okay. I, yeah, because I, I must have yeah. missed that because I never saw that magazine. And I looked into it after JP brought it up. And he's like, you know, they're doing this. And I'm like, what? I didn't know Fangori did a magazine <laughs> like that. Because I know, because Rue Morgue has a lot of these uh, type specialty magazines. Like, they're not part of your subscription. You got to purchase these separately. It's kind of like, you know, when you buy the packages of Vinegar Syndrome, you know, all the partner labels, you got to, you know, if you're a, you know, if you're a subscriber, you get like 50% off kind of thing. So these ones you got to get separately. So, um, but I think they're pretty limited. But yeah, I, I grabbed it, this. I had this one in fucking 2012, which is the year I started YouTube. So, 
but yeah, yeah I it, always wanted to it, do it, it, man. I always wanted to do it because after I did my 52 horrific weeks of uh, 81 and 88, I, I was like, you know, this was like about three or four years ago. And I was like, this would be a great idea, but it's like such a big project, right? And I was it's like, huge. A hundred, 200 films is a lot. And I'm glad I never went through it by myself and I kind of sat on it and I was like, this is the perfect timing. I'm super motivated to do this shit right now. I want to do it with somebody. And I was like, there's no better person to do it than JP because I know he's always going to be down for this. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't flake out on me. So, and I was like, yeah, this is perfect. And it's a big, long project. And I I really like that. So yeah. 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 I'm, I'm excited. And it's fun. The funnest part to me is like, I, it's like the same feeling as when we draw a new year for the retro shows. Cause I'm like, what's the next title going to be? And there's some ones on there that I like, I'll love to talk about. Like, for example, cube, like I've never reviewed cube with someone and I've always been a huge fan of that film. So there's there's stuff on there that I can't wait to talk about, and there's other ones on there where I've literally never seen them, but have always wanted to. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so definitely check that out, Dave. You should check it out too. Um, I'm definitely gonna. I don't watch too many YouTube videos just because I'm always on the go when I listen yeah. to podcasts and stuff. Because I do it at work when I'm driving. So that's I never like sit down at my house. After I've been listening to horror podcasts all day and say, okay, I'm going to watch a video for, for 20 minutes right now. That's why I don't. It isn't that I don't want to watch right. people's things, but I, I will definitely listen. Problem is this. The YouTube thing, you have to pay extra to get it to run. You know what I'm talking about? When you have YouTube on your phone, you got to keep it active the whole time. If you like, right. if your screen is dark at all, it shuts off. It's not like a podcast or anything. Right. So it's like, that's, I, I mean, wish that we YouTube could pull the audio. And put it on Spotify, like Parker does. See, that's like, that's what like I Dave like. does. Yeah, that's yeah. when I started listening to his shit because he did that. I'm like, okay, this makes it easy for me. So, I'm, that's just me, though. I'm just, I didn't really I think of that, but we maybe we could do that. No, I, mean, I, I, I actually, I actually thought of that. I actually thought of that. Uh, you know, when we did the first one, I was, I was even thinking maybe just, you know, just extracting the audio and putting it up there on that as like a different uh, for a different source, more of a streaming thing. Because I get yeah. it. Because, you know, it's kind of ironic, though, Ben, because people leave comments on my channel all the time asking us when we're going to do video podcasts, like for the 22 shots. Right, yeah. And it was funny because I was, I was thinking of that today. And the reason why, and, and I've explained this to many people in the past, I'm like, the reason why we never did video podcasts and, and then just put the audio up on the way we do is because the shows were so damn long and, like, Skype just doesn't want to run video form for, like, four hours. It, it just fucks up a lot, right? But and like, also just the size of the files would be yeah, so huge going five hours, dude, six hours, seven right, hours. Right. But then I was thinking today, I was like, this would have been a great show to surprise people that clicked onto the podcast to have the video because we do such shorter um, shows now. Like, I mean, the last few yeah. shows have been like two hours. I mean, that's not really much of a, a stretch from like my monthly update, <laughs> you know, essentially, right. right? Or my bi-monthly updates. But but I think moving forward, I, I think we probably could maybe do some. I mean, if we agree to, you know, do that kind of style and whatever. But I think it wouldn't be a bad thing just to try yeah. to do the video yeah. format. You could do it like we do it, like Exploding Heads. We just we have the Skype recorder. I record it from here. You know what I'm saying? And then Christian uploads it to the Patreon. You could just put it up for the pa- for the patrons if you wanted to. Right, right. A video version do. for the Patreons? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, easy I, I, to do. That's what we do. You just go on, you hit the record button, and it's over. And Christian uploads it when it's over with. It's, it's hmm. cake. Right. You know? I mean, it's unedited, of course. And, if you, you know, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, it. yeah, that is true. It'd be we do everything kind of in one take on exploding heads. We don't get up and break and do that usually. And it, should, it, it kind of just goes in one, one, you know, two and a half to three hour discussion. Yeah. But a, a lot of our older podcasts, like when we did all the segments and stuff, so like we would do the news. Or no, we do the intro, then break, then do the news, then break. Then we would do like <laughs> other segment break and then review break. Like, oh my, it's so like the four and a half hour recording was actually like a seven hour session. People don't even realize that, man. It was like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, dude. man, we'd be so done. Oh, some of those like last reviews we get to, we were just like, bro, like when did we start? Yeah, seven yeah. hours ago. <laughs> dude, I remember some of those marathon reviews where it'd be like, <sighs> It would be like four hours in and be like, wait, we're only on the second film out of six. And I'm like, oh <laughs> right. <my> God. <laughs> and then we were like, we can't do anything before like franchise shows. It'd be like a quick little intro and then just movies. That's it. Yeah. You know, so which which is the way it should have probably always been. You know, I still get comments on, on videos. Like I actually had one the other day and it was like, man, these guys are assholes, man. They've been talking for an hour and they haven't even got to the movies. And I'm like, show notes, bro. No, I said two I words. Why, show right. notes, and bro. That's the best stuff. So much. I, know, I, I see just, comments like that all, all the time. Like they're like two hours in and they still haven't talked about this movie. And it's like, yeah, because it's it's the, it's the segmented show, right. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Be happy that someone is every any ass can come out with a podcast. It's okay. We're gonna re- we're gonna review uh you know this movie this week and next week we're gonna re- review this movie and it's a forty five minute podcast. And that's okay. I'm not knocking anyone that's doing it, honestly. That, but everybody and anybody does that. How many shows take the time to to do it this way? Where mm-hmm. if you like the host, you hear them BS for a while, and then go to me. I can't stand listening to movie reviews or even doing them. I just love talking topics right. and BSing. It could be straight horror devoted. You could say you're not going to talk about hockey or anything. Or Will Smith. <laughs> just talk about these horror topics. And, that, and I would do it. I don't care. But I think, honestly, to me, those are the best parts of shows. Yeah, That's and, just my man's opinion. And I tell people I mean, that. I agree. I tell people that. I'm like, if you don't want to listen to the intros, just go to the show notes and click on the specific thing you want to listen to. I said, I'd never expected anybody to listen to the entire show because there's always parts of shows that people don't want to, like you said, you like to hear the intros and, and maybe some people love the news. Like when we got rid of the news, people are like, Oh no, you know, now, now I know, now I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, well, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. Right. <laughs> but like some people come specifically for the reviews and they go and click it. So we have three reviews. They click on one of them and they, and they listen to it and they're out. That's fine. I have no problem with that. If you want to listen to the intro, hear us talk about random shit, like kicking Jeremy off the show. No, we didn't kick Jeremy off the show. Come on. I'm joking. But, uh, you know, anything from, you know, talking about Luke and censorship to, you know, like, that's, like, like I love that too, man. I love to talk. That's great. I'm one of those people. If you right. meet me in real life, my wife hates it because I will sit there and talk to complete strangers just like this. Like I will just talk and talk and talk and she hates it. So I it's love hard to, to find people that want to talk about what we want to talk about. So if you do, if you do get that luxury, you have to make the most of it. I'm the same way, moods, but it can't be with everybody. Most guys don't want to talk about, I don't know, the things we've just talked about. Right. Some do, but I, I don't want to talk about Will Smith because that's what everybody's talking about or anything else. So, but if you if you ever do encounter someone that that has like you know likes like you have in real life. Then yeah, you're gonna shoot the shit with them. But here's an idea. Mm-hmm. This is what Wazell used to do with Banana Laser when he would put out uh, our shows on, on YouTube. He would only put out. Let's say we did The Exorcist and we talked for a fucking hour. We did a skit. We did this and that. And, but The Exorcist review was was 50 minutes. He would put it out on YouTube. 
But Annalisa reviews The Exorcist, and it would only be the review. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you we guys talked should about that when it, I came on you, your show, Dave, about how like the the popular thing right now is like taking uh, bits from shows and uploading them as like yeah. their own pieces. Right. This this moment from the show, and if you want to hear more, it's here. Yeah, that shit's great. That's great too. You could even split it in half and say, okay. This is the intro and the BS session. In Mood, you can put out two two fucking videos or two whatever, however you whatever you want to call them, what you put on your channel with mm-hmm. this podcast. See, this is just the review but section the for is, people that love reviews. And this is for people that love the that you Click on the fucking thing and it takes you right to where you want to go. You're right. I know. Hey, listen, <laughs> that, I'm with you. I've heard people that actually wouldn't be a, on my shit. If, yeah, if you didn't want it, you could do it as, you know, you could break it up like the intro right now, we could have a video version. And then you could you could upload that as video, and then just have the reviews as audio or whatever, or just or the whole thing, or even vice versa. It doesn't really matter, but you could break it up for sure. Just kind of give it a different look and appeal. I think yeah, that, that, that's, that's an kinda, idea. That kind of works. Kind of works. But like I said, though, like these shows being so much shorter, you know, the video format wouldn't be such a bad idea because I can upload the video of the show and then just you know the regular stream and audio, which is you know the majority of what people listen to is stream because streaming is a lot more easier let's face it you know the podcast apps and all that type of shit it's just it's rid of your fingertips and, and and again going back to the the video format then you're right like if you're on your phone this shuts off man unless you pay more yep what a pain in the ass that is so like a lot of people like the views on youtube have gone way down because more and more people are streaming it, and that's fine it, it, as long as they're listening over there that's you know that's what counts kind of thing but i get it it's it's handy and but you know, to put the videos on, that would be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool, I think, for people. Because, like I said, I get those comments all the time. When are you guys going to be on video? I think right now would be a good try, Could probably a good time to, you know, possibly try it out. You could do some trial runs. What do you yeah, guys think out there? Do. I mean, yeah, yeah, way in. Shit. You know, if you guys are still listening to the intro, <laughs> let us know. Let us know if you would like to see the podcast in video form. It's just a different look, you know. See what we actually look yeah. like when we're recording. Like I record buck naked. Not good right now. Like I I, I record <laughs> buck naked. Like if you guys have followed me on YouTube for ten years, I, I I've almost recorded every single video review without pants on. I do wear boxers because I I don't like to sit on my chairs with my with my you know my sweaty naked butthole. That's gross. But oh no, you, you know, ball stick to the chair. And no, shit. it's like being a nudist. Kid. Like you have a you have towels for a reason. You sit on towels for a reason, right? I'm I'm not gonna you know just sit around. But no, I'm always wearing my boxers. But I still comfortable like that. <laughs> no, That's I don't cool. record buck naked. That's because we were just we were just on camera. None of us were naked. That's gross. But no, um, no way. I've never been naked on Skype for any reason whatsoever. I could I could. Definitely say that for a fact. I've been on <laughs> Skype when people have got naked before. Well, that's okay. Let them. Whatever. <laughs> that is definitely that has definitely happened before. In a, you know, but we won't mention. Oh, yeah. we won't mention What's any that? names. It's... But yeah, we won't mention any names. But uh, it has definitely happened randomly. <laughs> Very fucking random. Okay. Well. Um, I think we've been pushed. Well, it's probably about an hour into the intro. Uh, do you got any? Do you have any house cleaning or anything? Do you go on to say, JP? I think we got everything out of the way that we needed to I talk about. I think we're good. Okay. All right. So that is going to conclude the intro. We will be back with some killer baseball flicks. Gio.
Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, playa. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. And now, our feature presentation. Alright, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 224, Killer Baseball Flicks, with the homeboy Dave Z in the house. And uh, this show, we did explain how it came to fruition. Uh, We had a Patreon pick, uh, Battlefield Baseball, so we just decided to throw in a couple more there. Um, The first film up for tonight is from 1990 and it's called blood games it's actually a film that mikey fishy had uh actually patreon for me i think a couple years back so i had first watched this movie i think it was on youtube and it was like a shitty vhs transfer full screen and since then vinegar syndrome's actually given this the royal treatment with a fantastic blu-ray release ridiculous how well this film looks now so it kind of changed my perspective on it. Like we've talked about this, how transfers definitely change the way you see film. Sometimes it really does. I shouldn't say sometimes it almost does. Um, this is definitely yeah, it's, one. It's very, very common for me to watch a movie uh, on some shitty YouTube transfer and be like, yeah, that was okay. And then I'll see like a shiny Blu-ray and it just makes me like it more, man. Right. I'm not saying it completely changes my rating, but it definitely helps. Well, my rating went up quite a bit. I I don't remember what I originally rated this one, but it's definitely lower than where I'm at now. And I've watched it a couple times since then. So, um, but yeah, so Blood Games from 1990. Uh, Quick little synopsis. When an all-girl baseball team beats a group of rowdy rednecks from a small town, they soon find themselves the prey in a deadly bounty hunt. Now they are playing for their lives. In HD. <laughs> it literally says in HD. What the hell? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so somebody obviously wrote that after the uh, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray came out. So, so I actually did not do not own that Blu-ray. Oh, so I watched beautiful. it on uh, 720p Tubi. Oh, dude, the Blu-ray to what I had originally seen this film on was it's like night and day, man. First of all, it was like full screen, very very muddy. And the widescreen just really does change everything because the cinematography in this movie is actually really fucking good. Like, it's shot really well. And you watch it in the widescreen format, you see a lot more of shit that's going on and stuff. And it, it also sounds a lot better. The uh, the audio track, the remastered track sounds a lot better, too. I remember the audio being pretty shitty. Um, but, yeah, so we basically, you know, Blood Games, the movie starts out with this this baseball game. It's literally a baseball game. It's not even a softball game. That's what's so cool about it. Right. It's actually a <laughs> female team wearing skimpy fucking Daisy Duke shorts and, you know, oh. tight tops playing a fucking redneck team. It's exactly what the, uh, the synopsis said. And it's a baseball. They're overhand throwing. It's a baseball game. I was like, yeah, that's so crazy. damn cool. Because generally it would be just a shitty beer league softball game underhand and whatever the fuck, right? But the funny thing about this, the opening scene in this film, is that it goes on for like 12, 10 or 12 minutes of just straight <laughs> baseball shit. And it's like these guys are elbowing the chicks in the faces. They're being, you know, rowdy redneck dicks and shit. And ultimately, you know, they end up beating them and stuff. And so the coach of the of the female team wants to collect his debt. Uh, yeah, because he'd bet, uh, you know, basically the other teams, I guess, kind of 
we want to say leader, I guess, or whatever, some money, and the guy wasn't really, yeah, he wasn't really willing to pay it, so then, you know, something kind of happens, and, you know, this guy, you know, kind of beats him down in the bathroom and stuff like that, and then it just kind of, it just kind of, the ball just kind of rolls from there, like, it's just like one thing after another, right? So we have this incident happen with these two kind of, like, team leaders, the managers and stuff, and then outside, we've got these rowdy rednecks that attempt to um, to rape a couple girls. It, it goes very, very south, and you know, one dude is uh, actually the son of the manager of the of the redneck team. He's killed. So then the manager, which is this, uh, he's played by fuck, what's his name, man? I think it's Ken Carpenter. Yeah, he's actually been in a few different movies, um, and uh, he basically puts a bounty on these girls. He sends his guys after him. He says thousand dollars for every dead body, kind of thing or whatever, and. And so, and, and so they they're on the run and they're in their tour bus so they end up like in these woods and then now now it's like a bounty hunt they're literally stuck in these woods fighting for their lives and then there's some other shit that happens there's a pretty graphic um pretty, you know i wouldn't say it's overly graphic rape scene that happens but it's kind of like off-putting a little bit the way it's shot and yeah. you know, there's a huge battle mm-hmm. it's basically females against the rednecks in this film it's a re- it's a revenge thing it's a bounty thing it's you know it's a survival thing um you know the thing about this movie is that it's a lot better than it probably should be considering the level of actors that are in this it's a first-time filmmaker directed by tanya rosenberg the only film that she ever did uh, a lot of the people it's that a are female director female director um, Interesting. Not a lot of people that. in this movie have a lot of acting credits. A lot of the the secondary girls that are involved in this film have very little acting credits. Some, most of them only have this movie. But Ross Haggins in this movie, he plays um, uh, Midnight in the film. And I've seen this guy in multiple films, like Wonder Woman, which was actually released by Vinegar Syndrome. He was also in Action USA, which is a fantastic fucking action film. I've seen him in that movie. Um, so I have seen guys from this film in other shit uh you might even re- do you do you guys recognize ken carpenter at all have you guys ever seen that guy he's he's like the main villain the bad blonde-headed guy. dude yeah he was also in hellraiser 3 he plays the doc in that film oh shit no who i recognized right away was george buck flower of oh well george buck <laughs> i mean that guy's literally in every fucking thing right but i just right? recently watched ken carpenter he I know, has, I, he's got a small little part in tammy and the t-rex which is a 1994 prep film that's where i was kind of segwaying into you know into more 94 talk but he's actually in tammy and the t-rex also so you know it's kind of funny he just has one of those faces you know what he kind of reminds me of ken carpenter he kind of reminds me of like he kind of reminds me of um, Chuck Norris when Chuck Norris had the mustache and like the shaggy hair before he had the beard and like the clean cut. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, he's like the budget version of Chuck Norris, man. And he's all like Vietnamed out and shit. Oh fuck. He's got some great lines in this movie, man. Really, really great stuff. You, um, you know how um, on Letterboxd it, it like, you know, if you, you can look at your statistics of like, Oh, I've watched, this actor in this many films this year and stuff mm-hmm. uh i remember like two or three years ago it was like my number one actor was like george Buckflower, and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> dude that you goes so many things that goes to prove my point dude buck flower was literally in every you know what buck flower is so crazy if you look at his filmography like this guy was in like back to the future one and two he played a bum but he played a bum in a lot of movies because he has that mutt face he's like perfect you know right but yeah. he's he's like one of those character actors that shows up in literally everything because he never had the face 
to be like a, a leading Tom Cruise type actor, but he but he was still good enough to be in all these secondary roles, and he just took everything, you know. And to be honest, dude, Buck Flower is actually on my list also with sixteen films watched, just by <laughs> chance. By chance. It's like so it's funny, funny when you put it in perspective, like I have Christopher Lee with thirty three films watched. Peter Cushing with 30, Donald Pleasance with 23, Schwarzenegger with 21, and then you kind of go down here and it's like Buck Flower with 16. He's tied with Robert <laughs> England, and he, I actually have more films watched from Buck Flower than I do Clint Eastwood, who has 15. <laughs> it's like so fucking wow. random. It's so funny when you put that in perspective. Oh, man. Man, unless you're on Letterboxd at the end of the year, because I don't have the pro like you guys do. That's probably where you have all the stats. I just Listen, have the regular. Uh, at the end the of the pro, year, dude. I know. In it's November, it's ten bucks. Yeah, so it's cheap, man. It's Maybe really, I'll get it's it. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably do it. But it, the, what they do give you is your end of the year stuff uh, for regular members. So it tells you how many you watch and this and that. But the funny thing that struck me is that it says this is the director you watch the most of, and I didn't even look at, recognize the director's name. I go, what? Wait a minute, what is this? And then I looked, and it was the dude that did the fucking Blind Dead series. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we watched them all for um for a Amando Asario, whatever his name is, something like that. I just that. couldn't believe it. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I just I was like, what? I looked up. It says Tombs of the Blind Dead. I go, oh fuck! It, it was just shocking to me that of all the directors, like I can't believe I I, I didn't watch more than three Air General movies last year. How was that even fucking possible? I I yeah. don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Romero or. Anybody. I've been, I've been on Letterboxd for four years, I think four years. Yeah, and of course it makes sense. I got Fulci with 24 movies, Argento with 22, Umberto Lenzi with 18. Go figure, it's like all Italian directors, right? Wow. But then nice. oddly, oddly <laughs> enough, my number four is Wes Craven with 17, and then Mario Bava with 16. Of course, Bruno Mattai with 16, Carpenter with 15, Romero with 14. So, like, I mean, it, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. I've got Diodato on here. You know, Jess Franco, but a lot of that is due to prepping for like '70s shows, so you get all these Franco right, films, yeah. right? And like Terrence so, Fisher with 14, and you know, it, it's just kind of interesting. But a lot wow. of his Italian, because I do watch a lot of Italian movies, man. Like Larry Cohen, I got 14 movies on here. He's tied with Terrence wow. Fisher. Like it's fucking crazy, dude. Like Lamberto Bava, 12. And this is what I've watched in the last four years. That's, I don't log films from the past. This is what I've watched since I've been on Letterboxd. And I notice people do that. They will log shit that they watched 20 years ago. And I'm like, bro. Well, oh, I have no, every... I well, yeah. I I started keeping track of my watches in 2011. So yeah. I inputted everything from Well, that's before. different. You have a record of it. People that's are just okay. like, I might have right. watched Blood Games back in 1993. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck off. Yeah. So uh, mine is actually my letterbox dates back over ten years. Um, although I will say I used to only watch like forty movies in a year back then. I can vouch for um, this because I remember you used to have written down like handwritten like in notebooks and shit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yep. That's old school when you're handwriting um, shit down. Do they have producers? Do they list like producers? Yeah. Besides, okay. yeah. You can... I want to know how many fucking Charles Roger's Band is. The highest for me was sixty. <laughs> I yeah. figured Corman would take the cake. Charles Band has forty-five for me. Jason Blum with thirty. Roger Corman twenty-six. Wow. Bob Weinstein and Harvey are twenty-three and twenty-two. So it must have been when somebody got dropped off the, the credits. <laughs> really yeah. bobbing her. So you can break that. I have down. sixty Charles Band productions. That dude. is Holy ridiculous, fuck. dude. I don't think I've seen six. I do have Charles <laughs> Band on my list. He's actually chied with. Okay, this is hilarious. So I got Lamberta Bava with 12, Joe Cohen with, you know, the Cohen brothers with 12. 
and Charles Band with 11 directed movies, and then he's tied with Freddie Francis. Like, can you see a world of, like Freddie Francis and Charles Band, 11 films apiece? What the fuck? Here's mine. These it's are so my weird. actors. Uh, 21, Robert England. 21, Kane Hodder. 21, Tony Todd. 21, George Buckflower. <laughs> <It's just so laughs> right, those are the you highest? Three franchise fucking villains, right? <laughs> Some are in more than one franchise. <laughs> and then Buckflowers. <laughs> And then I have uh, Lynn Shea at 20, Tom Savini 19, Samuel L. Jackson at 19, Lance Henriksen at 19, Christopher Lee at 19, and Brad Dourif at 18. Wow. Top of my list is so bizarre because, like I said, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Donald Pleasance, Arnold Schwarzenegger because I always pop in Schwarzenegger movies. And then Leanna Quigley is tied with 21 with Schwarzenegger and Barbara Crampton with 21. Nice. Isn't that weird? And then Charles Bronson with 19, Bill Mosley with 19, John Saxon with 17 who has oh, yeah, one more than sure. Vincent Price and it's just because you know I've seen like like 100 Vincent Price movies but that's what I've watched in the last few years he's tied with England with 16 Buck Flower 16 and then I got a couple guys like Tom Felergy who's like in every Italian movie ever fucking made with 16 everyone's like who the fuck is he exactly I remember that one year <laughs> he's just in everything like, like it's so the funny one Damn. year dude it, like my top you know how like, you Look, just you look at your totals for everything, and then just specific years. Yeah. Like the one year, it's filled with Twilight people, and I'm just like, what the oh, fuck? No. Oh, dude. Oh, so bad. <laughs> um, it sucks. My That's... directors are uh, Wes Craven with 20, Argento with 20, John Carpenter 15, Toby Hooper 12, Charles <laughs> Band 12, Fauci 11, Cronenberg 10, Bava 9, Eli Roth 9, and Mick Garris 9. Yeah, my bottom is Takashi Miike with eight. And I'm just surprised I even logged eight movies. It's funny because like I own like I think like 70 Miike movies or something like that. Wow. It's just funny because I don't really watch a lot of Miike recently. I just I was like, whoa, I got eight on here. It's kind of weird, but um, how about that guy, that other actor? That's he's a character actor and a lot of stuff, a lot of genre stuff, a lot of horror. He's he's the guy that um was going sweet pea and fucking Sleepaway Camp three. What's his name? Michael. Uh, Oh my, Michael Moriarty. Michael, no, not no, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking, Michael Moriarty. Ah, uh, dude, what the fuck? I, yeah, the fucking blonde haired dude. Yeah, Michael Paul. He was in House of a Thousand Corpses in the beginning, and he always has these little. He's always popping up in genre flicks. I think he probably has a couple hundred credits. Dude, just, he he literally does. Know. He literally does. Yeah. It's all over the place. He's like another Buck Flowers, you know. But <laughs> because he because if you look at the if you look at the looks of Buck Flower and him. It, they're kind right. of similar. They have faces that they're perfect to put into these kind of genre films, like as a as a secondary character, and because they're memorable too. The, like you totally. just could not cast those guys, not cast them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but yeah, they're just not going to be those Tom Cruise leading type guys. It's crazy. But I always remember Buck Flower as being a bum because of Back to the Future and shit, right? And he does. He's, yeah. I think he plays yeah. a bum. Like he's even in body bags like in the opening scene i think he plays like a, a he must be homeless or a bum or something in, in like the <laughs> opening gas stage like he, there's a bunch of movies where he legitimately plays homeless person it's crazy how about what's his name he, he's drunk a lot um oh wait that, that thing dick miller well no he's not drunk a lot i'm, I'm oh. thinking of like gremlins wasn't he fucking yeah yeah he's dick miller's in everything he, also man like, yeah he's, he's like, another he's really like a janitor like got a flask or something you know what i mean right yeah, yeah. i love dick miller though dude yeah, like, he's one of the too. one of the coolest like guys like that you would just see in bit parts everywhere yep all right so 
getting back to blood games <laughs> oh, yeah. we, wa- we watched these movies like a month ago guys so 20, right. 22 <laughs> shots the most in-depth reviews probably. 22 shots of tangent and horror I, I still i remember blood games quite vividly because i've seen it a couple times since you know i originally reviewed it and stuff so it, i mean it's not overly that hard to really remember but it does have a memorable opening scene like i said the first like 10 12 minutes is actually a baseball game which is kind of actually all three of these films have like quite a bit of baseball in them <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the thing about battlefield baseball is it's unfortunate like the, the where it, you think it would actually have a full-fledged game where people are just getting knocked off i know i did i was really annoyed by that but we'll get to that i know that was the biggest down i was like because the setup to it would be so okay anyways uh so what are your guys' thoughts on blood games Dave's- it feels just like a classic exploitation film, dude. Really like I, I actually think that this is like a film that Joe Bob would praise. You know what I mean? It just feels like something like Gator Bait or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it actually, I, I'll say that it looks better and uh, is a little bit more like high production than you would expect for a film like this. Um, I think that there's a there's a lot of characters, so a, a little bit hard to follow who's who and stuff like that um but yeah i mean i think it's a pretty good movie that that rape scene kind of feel well there's there's like an attempted rape scene and then an actual rape scene yeah um, there's the one in the it, beginning it does of the make film. the film yeah outside the bar and then there's you know the rape scene yeah. i guess in the woods too right yeah it, it makes yeah. the film like feel like uh like it feels like it's a little more highbrow and then it gets like <laughs> pretty lowbrow there you know what i mean yeah yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a pretty decent exploitation film, to be honest. And like I said, you know, going back to the actors and stuff like that, like the main chick in the film, uh, what's her name? I think it's, is it Babe? Yeah, Laura Albert, man. She um, She's like a bonafide, uh, like Hollywood stunt woman. And she still works today as a stunt woman and stuff. And that Really? Yeah, it's like she really didn't do a lot of acting, but like a lot of uh, stunt people would always act in films if they needed like a secondary character because they're already on set, right? Right, and yeah. so she would do a lot of roles like that and somehow just kind of end up being the lead in this movie, probably because maybe the directors are friend. I have no idea, but obviously because she's doing stunts on the film too and stuff. But yeah, like she's actually a stunt woman and shit. And, uh, you know, I, I respect that, man. I think she does actually pretty good in the job to be or in the film, to be honest. But, um, it, you know, it, do you think this film's like a like a feminist thing? I mean, it, it well, yeah, I can see that because it's it, it's it's a bunch of like you know ladies who are you know being pushed down by the man right by literal men and then also like it was directed by a woman like i could see this totally being like ripped by like ebert and siskel for being like trashy like uh you know women in danger or films or whatever but it's like more empowering to it, women, it is right? empowerment though they're because the heroes and like they are they're being they're being pursued by these rednecks and stuff and and they don't just lay down and not fight they fight back in fact they right. go, they go yeah, balls they, to they, the wall fighting back actually in fact there's a lot of female survivors in this movie almost probably too many really and the body count is pretty <laughs> yeah. high the body count in this movie overall is pretty high when you actually break it down like they kill a lot of those rednecks man they really do like I wish yeah. I had to kept track of the body count because it's it's a little more than you probably think it is, but but I think it's more of a female empowerment thing really because of the survivor numbers by the end of the film. There's what five of them that survive? Like it's it's like half the ball team. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's... and the guys aren't really portrayed in, in the kindest light either. So, I mean, oh, why would it assholes. be anything but that? That's what I'm saying. Even this is what was weird about it. There's a couple of weird things that happened in this movie, and one of them for me was that that guy Roy. I thought he was going to be a cool cat, and he became an asshole. Like he seemed like he was one of the good guys the way they were portraying him earlier, and then he, I don't right. know, he assholes out. I'm like I'm surprised they made him the fucking the heavy here. It just see it was a kind of a, a strange choice. A well, couple weird things happened that I didn't get. Like somebody died just from falling in the water one time or something, and I don't know. Um, <laughs> the setup was cool. No, the the dude, the dude, the dude, that scene where the guy is uh, where midnight's on top of the vehicle or he's on top of the bus and he's shooting at him and stuff. I think that was Midnight. That was Ross Hagen's character, right? And he goes flying off the bridge into the water. He actually, he dies later on in the film. He actually survived. I don't know. What? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how the fuck he gets out of the water and shit, but he does. Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Ross Hagen's character. Yeah, he ends up, he ends up being, I think, one of the last villains, to be honest. But, yeah, Roy was the Ken Carpenter's son. He's the guy that, he's the guy that begins, he dies in the beginning, which kind of sets off the whole, uh, bounty thing, right? Because, you know, when he shoots the chick driving the bus and it crashes into the garbage can and crushes him, yeah, that was that was Roy that gets done in there. Okay. So. But he dies because, not rightfully so, but he does something he shouldn't have been doing. Right. And he gets, they, they rebel against it naturally. But the thing is, it's when you more see of this movie being set up, yeah. yeah, it's more of an accident. But like, you know, when you see the movie being set up, every time you see a movie like that, when a guy's father is kind of hard on him about other things, they always make him like the sympathetic son. Yeah. And it seemed to me, I thought he was going to end up being a hero. So it just seemed, it was like a strange decision to switch his character to a heel. For me, I was like, wow. And they did it so quick too, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's like so quick because that scene, it just goes from like, it goes from like rape to like, I'm being crushed by a fucking, uh, a bus in a garbage can. (laughs) (laughs) It's rather quick. Yeah. The bus was badass though. They had that fucking shag carpet in there and everything on the, I thought it was cool, man. Yeah, man. Could you imagine how gross that shit would get over time? Like you're walking through a bus with your dirty (laughs) shoes and like a shag carpet. Oh my God. That thing would be disgusting after a while, man. Ugh. I guess if you really think about it, yeah, I just, the hippie in me likes fucking shag carpets and buses and vans. I just, (laughs) I was just thinking back to that. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But yeah, you're probably right. I didn't understand something was happening with, uh, oh, what the hell was it? Again, it's been a while. Okay, so the guy, you explained that the guy actually came back. My oh, my big problem with it, it, I was fine with the movie. It kept me entertained enough. And, I, and JP said, all right, it is like an exploitation movie. It's like a movie that Joe Bob would talk about. Totally. I could totally see that. Yeah. My biggest thing, and it's it's the biggest crime for me in all of movies, when, I, when, the, when the third act is slow moving and I'm not into it. And that's what happened to me in this movie. And it took it down. I, I but, do agree that I think the like first two acts are stronger than the third act. Yeah, I can't stand a slow moving third act. I just I, I keep I thinking you're trying to be ironic when you're saying slow moving because a lot of the shit that's happening, you know, you know, revenge wise or fighting wise, actually happens in slow mo. <laughs> like legitimately <laughs> happens in slow mo. <laughs> so I wasn't thinking that, but that yeah, that's crazy, dude. Like the scene where the dude grabs the chick at the end there, and then she throws the ball and like fucking, and he goes back and she shoots him and shit. It's just like, oh my god, it's ridiculous. So the baseball yep. actually plays into kind of saving the day a little yes. bit. And, um, it, it does. Like, Didn't I, it remind I, you guys of Chainsaw 2? 
at the end? Yeah, 100%. D- like, remember does. at the end when fucking Chop Top is ch- chasing Stretch up the thing? It was a total reenactment of fucking Chase Up. <laughs> That's really oh. funny. I never even thought of that. But yeah, you're right. That's crazy. I think the cheesiest thing about the movie, though, man, is the montage at the end. And they're like showing clips oh, from with previous the characters. Oh, yeah. my God. It's so cheesy, dude. It's so cheesy. Man. It is a bit cheesy. You know, but like, you know. Overall, man, the movie's not really that. I mean, you're, you're right. The the third act does slow down a tiny bit, but I mean, it does have a pretty good pace up to that point. And I think the body count's pretty high in this. It's entertaining enough. It has all the exploitation factors that you would expect. Like it's, yeah, it's got, it has it, like action sequences and stuff. It does. It's ridiculous. Like the the dude flying off the bus into the water and shit. That was a pretty crazy stunt because like that was some that was legitimately somebody flying off that bridge. Like that's crazy. Right. Um, but you know, it's got, then, it's, um, it's got all those factors. Like it's got the crazy, it's got the awesome scene with, with Buck flower sneaking into the girl's change room and shit and doing the dirty old yeah, man shit tons and stuff. Of TNA. Tons, like after the game, yep. what, what did you expect from the first 10 minutes of the film with these chicks <laughs> yes. and Daisy Dukes and tight oh. shirts and stuff? The next scene after they win is them in the change room and there's just nothing but huge titties and shit. And you're just like, okay, it's so exploitive. It's yeah. so exploitive. And then of course it leads into rape and, and shit, which I don't think the initial scene really that bad but I, I do find the no. one in the woods to be a little bit it, maybe it's the way it's shot because like the chi- you don't never really see the chick's face too much and it's like this shot of her ass in the air and she's just totally exposed and just you know to it's just it's a bad situation yeah. for it. it it's the way they shot it it's it's effective you didn't have to have this like nat like this really kind of brutalized spit on your grave rape scene to make it uh, like uber effective right so i really actually enjoyed that but then right after that scene kind of breaks itself up it goes super (laughs) slow-mo like legitimately (laughs) super slow-mo and uh, i've always had issues with slow-mo some movies it actually does work for what it's trying to accomplish but sometimes it you know it kind of works against the grain a little bit at times too i think so but uh you know, I mean, I think one thing that's really good about the film, besides the cinematography, is really good, and the acting, surprisingly, for like I said, you know, not a lot of not a lot of uh, experience here, but there is, it's pretty solid. I think some of the, um, you know, the effects and stunts are pretty good in the film, um, but the score. I love the music in the film because a lot of these kind of exploitation, straight exploitation, rape, revenge type films usually have shitty soundtracks. I don't know what it is about these movies. They always kind of like hillbilly it out and shit. They kind of play to like, <laughs> they kind of play to the area. Like all of a sudden your soundtrack's like some fucking dude, toothless dude playing a banjo or some shit. You're like, what the fuck? Like that shit ain't scary. He's playing a damn banjo. That's not cool. But the score, the, the, the banjo kid from Deliverance is scary. I don't know what you're talking about. But okay, but my point is right. Like, I mean, you take a movie like this and you put kind of like a dark, a more of a. It's a lower scale score, but it's a little bit darker, and I think it really does work, man. It's something I notice every time I watch the movie. I think it's actually a pretty underrated score. I mean, I don't know how it would be. I, I can't remember it at all. I know you always no, say that about music. You got JP's always like, I never remember the music, but it's something I always focus on. He's not on. a big music. You're so, right. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I, it, I just don't. It's like one of those things like, you know, Last House on the Left. Like you can't not remember the music because it's just like so aggravating well, and yeah, annoying at times. <laughs> right. And that's what I'm talking about. Like you take a rape revenge movie of that caliber and you throw in this really fucking like ill music. And I mean that in a bad way. And I, it's off-putting. It's very, very off-putting at times, and it, that happens in these like, kind of southern redneck, you know, fucking 
Confederate type films and shit like that. And it, it just it it is what it is. It makes sense, but it doesn't at the same time. You put you put a better score with this. This movie would have been uber annoying if it had one of those twangy scores and it just wouldn't work and i i think it just it, it does the score is good i don't know who did You're the right. score i don't really know it's who. too typical yeah to do it that way you know yeah, yeah. it is so not when, that i remember the soundtrick because it's been a minute that's why so but i didn't write anything down about it either but, so, gregory turner know. gregory turner did the music for this i think worked on a ton of movies tons yeah so not a whole lot that I've recognized. Video games. Oh no, he's worked on some shit. He worked on Nickelodeon stuff. That's weird. That's a weird transition. <laughs> that is a <laughs> like even shortly after this too. Crazy. But um Yeah, Blood Games, man. It's uh it's nineties exploitation. Yes. I wish I would have seen it on Blu-ray. Maybe I would appreciate it more the way you're talking about it and everything. Because I watched it on Tubi as well. So, you know, it's not the not the greatest quality. But right. I would like to see it on Blu-ray. If I ever were to watch it again, that would have to be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's still my favorite my, my favorite quote in the in the film is you're fucking with the devil now boy dude fucking screams out <laughs> in the bathroom oh man that shit's awesome that guy's having fucking <laughs> he's having non flashbacks at that point ridiculous nice that shit's amazing but yeah like I was mad I was mad they killed the black girl first I was like come on man <laughs> I know man it's fucking crazy yeah it's you know yeah. it, it's kind of like. <laughs> It's so cliche, right? Like in straight up horror yeah. films, the, the the thing used to be like, you know, they'd have the, the token black person. They would always die first. But like, this isn't even, it's more of like a straight up exploitation film and go figure that the black girl dies first right. in the movie. Like, are you fucking, and I think she's the only, there's only, yeah, she's the only black person in the whole movie, I think. I believe so. I don't even true. think there's yeah. another character ever on screen in this movie that's black. That's crazy. But you're right though. You're right. Um, yeah, Blood Games, man. I. Do you guys have anything else on it? I'm I'm good. No, no. Um, I, I, the girls never in real life. If you go see a girls' baseball game, they they never look this way. <laughs> no, un- unfortunately, they don't. Right. I just kept thinking to myself, the, the like, if you're in the catcher. Right. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna wear like Daisy Duke shorts like that and shit with like no kind of shin pad, like if you ever had to slide. That's Yikes. what I was thinking. Yikes. Yeah. Oof, you're going to have raspberries Ooh. for days, months at that point. Each. Yeah, you're right. Ow. Brutal. butt cheeks are hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the, I just love the, uh, the contrast though. You got like all these hot chicks and skinny clothes and these redneck motherfuckers. Like it's just night and day. Just drinking beer. The most unlikely like, like matchup ever. <laughs> it's just fucking amazing. Oh, it's such a great setup. It's fucking cool. All right, so let's get into ratings on Blood Games. Uh, JP, why don't you lead us off? Uh, I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Wow! Wow! That's Shit. wow! That's way higher than I thought you were going to give that one. Me too. Crazy, <laughs> Dave. What do you what do you give that one? Um, I give it a six out of ten. It was okay. I don't I don't regret my time with it. It was just a movie I watched, and you know, I'd watch it again maybe. 
because of the way you're talking about it with the Blu-ray. But it was it was fine. Oh you know? man, it, it it just looks phenomenal, man. There's actually man, and I should have watched it too. I even brought the Blu-ray down, but I should have. There's an interview on the disc. Uh, there's not that many special features because you know it's Blood Games from 1990, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But there's an interview on there with Ken Carpenter, and I was curious to hear his thoughts on the film because you know he plays the you know the main villain in the film kind of thing, right? And actually, I will say his death scene is pretty fucking awesome. Like that's that's a cool death scene where he you know you guys know the do you remember the end of the movie <laughs> where he I don't know what they're in one of those grain type things or whatever and he gets pushed off the top. False yeah. the bottom, yeah, but uh, it looks good. Yeah, the blood looks really good, man. Like it just, it looks really damn good. So, yeah, the blood did look good. It, it looked legit in the beginning. Uh, the first kill, that that looked pretty good. I gotta say that, as far as blood's concerned. I will say I was a little upset with the chick wearing the, the kind of like the the little short dress or whatever who takes the arrow in the back who gets stuck to the tree. I'm not even sure she really had any lines in that. She just ends up dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's some some really exploitive shots of like her her hiking through the woods and stuff, and every shot is like catching her like ass from the back. You know what I'm saying? And then she takes an yeah. arrow in the back. You're just like, okay, <laughs> that's brutal. Um, but yeah, Blood Games. I actually have come way up on this one too. I don't remember. I think I might have been around six six and a half before. I'd have to go back and look at the ratings, but I'm at a seven and a half also on this one. I think it's a I think it's a really fun. Just I just love like I, I I fuck with exploitation flicks heavy, mm-hmm. um like just you know TNA just and exploitation redneck exploitation too. I I dig stuff like that. It's always worked for me. It's a fun combo. It's a fun combo. You got the you know the exploitive TNA with the Hicks exploitation. It's it's kind of cool without the annoying soundtrack. So right good shit you know what something that i noticed too with the sound with these low budget and this i i I don't know if you remember moods way back when when you thought i was really coming down on that movie uh that halloween flick and then we i came on the show and i said i'm not really that down as you thought and then i started talking about in in some lower budget movies from the early 2000s and stuff and why it reminded me of that when the people are talking the the voices are like really loud like too loud you know what i'm talking about and like some low budget it almost feels like they've been dubbed in after after the uh, after the the fact yeah well yeah it it usually is it's it's usually adr in like a room that's not usually soundproofed good you know so you get like a a hallway sound effect almost it's weird it's like too loud and it always rubs me wrong every time i watch a movie like this because i've seen low budget movies that don't do that at all so you can blame the budget, yes. And I'm not picking on a low-budget movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that every time I see it, it kind of like – it throws me off a little bit. And it just – it does something. And it's like – what was I going to say? Um, I even recorded something that was happening at one point, and I sent it to Christian. And I said, this is what I do not want our movie to sound like. I know it's going to be low budget. And as soon as he said, he goes, no, we will not let it do that. Yeah. It, it, but I noticed it a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? That no, no, no. One, it, it is. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem with ADR, and it's not knowing how to mix it properly. So, like, if you're shooting a scene outside, which is, like, 100% of this movie is pretty much shot outside, you know, you have to have that ambient sound. you got to mix it properly where if you – if you're, you know, doing ADR and stuff and you're re-recording lines and shit like that and you have that, 
you know, that kind of enclosed sound, or it's the opposite where you're recording in a room that's not really soundproof and then you have too much of, you know, almost like the reverb and it just sounds bigger than it should be almost like a hall sound kind of thing. Yeah. Where yeah. that yeah. doesn't fit into when you're doing outside because outside sound is natural. Right. You have to be able to mix that shit properly. So if you are going to be doing ADR, you got to be aware of what your surroundings are and also how you're recording it, too. Right. It's just a lot of inexperience when it comes to to, you know, sound. Right. I mean, I notice I I notice wrong sound effects in movies all the time and it drives me fucking nuts, man. It's so stupid. Like people just don't think the majority of people won't catch on to the sound of a like a wrong gunshot. Right. That, that just, you know, I'm not hundred percent on everything, oh, but like right. there's certain guns that are shot. Sometimes like, that's not the sound that comes out of that gun. A lot of the times. Yeah. They're just <laughs> stock noises. That's why. They well, just, no, they like, you have shot, like, right? you, you have full on stock libraries and, and even like Terminator too, like has stock sounds in the movie. You know, it is what it is. Like, there's, there's like Hollywood stock sound. They are what they are, but you got to get it right though, because it's noticeable when it's not correct. It's like footsteps. You know, if you're walking in like down a hall, you're going to have that kind of echo, you know, that that big ambient sound and shit like that. But if it sounds like it's all compressed, like you're walking on a carpet in in a fucking, you know, in a soundproof booth, that shit ain't cool, man. That that, that right. doesn't work. It doesn't work and it's noticeable. Right? The biggest problem with older films is is uh, tires on pavement versus um like dirt roads and stuff. You'll hear screeching noises on dirt roads and you're just like, "Bro, Right. Like, are you kidding? Like, how do you fuck that up? That's not the sound effect. That doesn't happen in real life, man. It doesn't happen in real life. It's, it's, there's just a lot of bullshit like that. So when it comes to ADR, you really got to be aware of what you're replacing. Like if you're outside, if you're inside, if you're like in a booth, like you're in a, in a, um, a restaurant having dialogue scene or whatever, you got to be aware on how you're going to like, you know, mix that. You can record however, but you can still mix it down properly and make it sound like it's kind of authentic, right? Yeah, it always takes me out of it. They even do a little bit of it in Billy Club when they first meet up in the bar in the beginning, the the, the three of them and the girl behind the bar and their voices are real loud. And same thing. I, I always pick up on it when I watch low-budget movies and yeah. I, it always takes me out of the picture. And I hate to be that type of person. I'm not sitting here on some high horse. Or say, you know, like a snob. Yeah. It isn't that. I just because I've seen what people have also done with low budgets mm-hmm. and made make like borderline masterpiece movies on really low budgets. So I know it can be done. So yeah. when I see it in certain movies, it just takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah. And I guess that's the best way I can explain it. I mean, you if know? you want to you avoid the I whole think. ADR thing, man. I mean, when you're if you're recording live sound on your on your sets and shit, you know, make sure you record it properly too. Like have the right sound guys on there, have the right microphones and stuff so you're not picking up every little fucking thing around and stuff cuz that's what happens a lot when you record live sound is it just doesn't come out properly. So you end up having to go in the studio and redo it. And then you'll have those moments in low budget films where they're using the original audio that they recorded on, on the scenes. And then they're having to replace other scenes. So like when you're watching a scene and all of a sudden it dips in quality or changes in quality from scene to scene is because that's what's happening. They're not being consistent with the recordings and it is a budget constraint. You shoot a scene, your, your audio is all fucked. What are you going to do? Redo the fucking scene? Cause your audio sucks. No, we'll right, just ADR this lot. shit, right? Yeah. So that's why you'll get those dips. You'll have audio that sounds really good up here because it was probably the, the original audio that they recorded and or vice versa. And then you got to go in and do this ADR and shit like that. So you'll get these moments where you're like, fuck, man, it sounds like shit again because they probably fucked up that scene when they shot it. And then they had to go in and redo the sound like, you know, <laughs> it's and, and then and you, when you get you know experienced mixers and then it makes it even worse. Right. Because then it just doesn't yeah. sound properly at all. 
right? And you're like, ah, fuck. And that happens a lot in low-budget films. You won't get that in a lot of big budget because they'll just fucking reshoot the scenes. That's just what they do. Like, right. They'll take 48 on a fucking scene because they have right. the budget to do it. So you don't really get a lot of that. But you will get on major Hollywood films the wrong sounds in films. That is very common. Very common. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of unforgivable considering what their budget is and, and the people that are working on it. So yeah, exactly. Like, wow. I just... And you can forgive a low-budget thing. Of course you can. You don't want to pick on low-budget filmmakers yeah. at all. I can't help that, that 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 certain sound, you know, with the voices takes me out of movies sometimes. I wish you didn't, but it, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. It's just one of those things. Yeah. yeah. But So what I hate, kind of like this stuff, um, is uh, like where you have to play that sound volume game where like – the dialogue in the films like real low and that oh. like everything else is so loud yeah it's not so like in action sequences so, something will come up and it'll be like fucking so loud because you had it loud you had the volume up because of the audio yeah the dialogue and then you turn it back down and then you can't hear what the characters are saying so the whole film you're just going up down up down i fucking yeah. hate that that's a mastering problem Subtitles. so when you're master <laughs> it's like when you're mastering an, an album like you'll have songs like every song is individually recorded right but then and, and a lot of those times, those songs will be recorded at different levels, too. Right. So hence the mastering um, aspect of putting on an album is, is trying to make every track have the same volume from track to track. So when you listen from track one to 14, it sounds very much on the same DB level. Right. Well, in movies, it's kind of the same thing. You need to master that properly, too, because you don't want that audio at a 7 dB and the fucking, you know, the, the gunshots and the explosions at a plus 61 like that is just not cool, bros, because, you know, it's happening. You're playing the volume Damn. game and it, that does happen in a lot of mixes, too, which is kind of bullshit because like sometimes it's so noticeable. It's like you didn't notice this when you're mastering these films, like the dialogue is super low. And then all of a sudden the explosion literally blew my head off. Right. Exactly. It's, <laughs> annoying. it's so annoying to deal with, too. Yeah, it sucks. Cause yeah, because when you're watching a movie late night and you got a family sleeping and shit, you're like, motherfucker! Right. How many times you watch a movie with the remote in hand and you're sitting? You're not even. You don't even have your back on the couch. You're like on the edge <laughs> of your couch, waiting to turn it down. You're like, fuck. Okay, DB down, 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 down. <laughs> yeah, it so sucks. Stupid. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Yep. All right. So that's, when that, that's why if you have a sound bar, sometimes they have that night option you could put in there. Right. And it right. does something with the levels. Yeah. It that's basically, one thing it basically does it for you. Yeah. Yeah. New technology. Right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So that is going to conclude uh, Blood Games from 1990. <laughs> All right, so moving into the second film for this episode, and it is from 2003, and it is called Battlefield Baseball. What a title that is right there. Japanese film (laughs) directed by Yude Yamaguchi. Probably butchered the shit out of that. Most likely I did. Um, I've tried to pronounce his name in the past before, and I, I, I don't think I'm even coming close. Uh, he actually directed one of uh, JP's all-time favorite movies in Meatball Machine. Oh, my God. I was going to be like, this movie reminded me of Figures. Machine. There you go. <laughs> me too. You, you, you don't like that one either? Meatball Machine? It's, it's, it's pretty bad shit, man. No, I hate. I don't like Meatball Machine. Oh, man. I like that. It's just uh, too I, much meatball. for me, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I get that. 
Um, I haven't really seen a whole lot of his other films. I've seen like, you know, the segment that he did in ABC's of death. Of course, I think we probably all have, um, which segment did he do? He did Jay is for Jadeki Geki. I don't know. Can't remember it. It's like most of the, it's like most of the, the segments in ABC's of death. Like there was 26 segments, obviously one for each letter of the alphabet. And I think I liked maybe nine, in the first one it was it was very underwhelming in fact i think i was kind of the minority and i liked the second one more i think i liked about almost half of the the segments in the second one which is i weird. did too yeah i'm with you it was just yeah, more enjoyable was yeah it was weird yeah um okay so yeah it's the guy that did uh meatball machine all right so getting into quick little synopsis here even though it's god there's a lot of words here all right baseball f- battle battlefield baseball is a tough game does it really have to start out like that like really it doesn't end until all the members of on the opposing team are dead in this game gecko high team is composed of blue faced zombies and their opponents on the sedeo high team know that they have a chance at beating them they they don't have a chance at beating them unless they bring back a star pitcher who has a lethal pitch called the super tornado <laughs> but who has hung up his cleats and has no desire to return to the game Holy man. I mean, I guess that's not bad. The synopsis is worded oddly, but so Battlefield Baseball. Yeah, this one, this was a first time watch for me. I have known about this one because of the title. I mean, really, you just don't forget a title like Battlefield Baseball. (laughs) And I got to say, man, the short and long, I, I was pretty disappointed with the movie because I was expecting the third act to be like this full blown kind of baseball game between these two schools. And we yeah, don't with really like murder and death. Like, yeah, that's what I, I was. I, I thought it was going to be I, like they set it up like that. They set like, it they're up like, like battlefield baseball is a hard game. Like so, you figure it's going to be like this, like this, like death match with like, like you know, where you could fucking kill people. Like when you, you know, you slide into the base or something, and you fuck pull out like some like you know well, cleats to the face or something like that. You know, it's like one hundred percent set up like that. Because Sato High or Sato High, you know, is you know the the principal or the guy. He's like just hell bent on getting this fucking team to beat this gecko high team, you know, because they're the, you know, they're the killers. They're the, they're the champions and all that type of shit. And it's, you're right. It's totally set up. Like it's going to be this big, huge face, you know, this, you know, face to face matchup at the end. And it never goes down like that. And I was like, so disappointed because all I wanted to see was guys like stealing bases and getting decapitated and guys jumping up and catching right. balls and, and like and blown like, up and shit. You know, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, like maybe, uh, you know, getting a baseball thrown through someone's chest or something like that, bro. You know, like dude, like all cleat, I was thinking like about metal, metal spike cleats and stuff. Right. I was thinking about like pitching, like the guy, like he has a super tornado pitch and I was expecting this guy to throw this pitch and like take, like lop someone's head off with it. Right. Right. You know, shit like that. Like, Oh, he hit him in the side, but it goes right through his torso. And I was expecting all this shit. And I was like, but it never comes down to a face-to-face battle. It's just like, it's, it's a battle at the end, but it's like not a baseball game. I'm like, fuck. Man, I will say, like, this whole movie is insanely goofy. It's like, I would say it's probably more comedy than than horror. I mean, it's, it's like straight up, like, comedy horror, right? It's so ridiculously goofy, man. And, like, on <laughs> the reason why the dude can't play, or why his mom won't let him play baseball... <laughs> Do you guys remember? Ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It turns out that this dude right here is like his brother and shit. And like something happened back in the day. The four eyes guy. His dad. The four eyes. The the tornado throwing baseball guy. He's, uh, you know, doesn't want to 
play or throw baseballs anymore because he killed his dad or something and he ran away and it, it turns out that like <laughs> it's actually kind of a funny scene because she starts telling a story of how her why she doesn't want her son to play baseball because his dad was killed by his brother and he's like wait a minute that's me <laughs> yeah i just i couldn't i couldn't put it on i couldn't figure it out how like he didn't realize or the brother didn't realize that that he was the one that killed the father and that, that, that were, that they were all related and stuff. I'm like, did I miss something there? Like, how do you know? There's no way they wouldn't because it's not like he was like young two when this happened. That's what I'm saying. Like he was you old know? enough to, to throw a ball hard enough through his dad's like That's fucking gen- scientifically. And then genetic- the mother later on is, is fighting. Yeah. Is the mother a guy in this movie? Is that like a joke or is it it's just like a really ugly woman for lack of a better thing to say? But I kept thinking it was a dude. It was like hilarious. But I think the funniest thing in this movie, it was, was the fucking catcher's glove, man. That huge ass, like scientifically, oh, genetically glove. modified. Glo- oh my God. That shit made me laugh. But I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that like this dude didn't realize that he was part of this family and this was his brother and shit. I'm like, but he was old enough to know it. Like his brother was around right it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and i was like okay so that little reveal was kind of like comical but really stupid but (laughs) but the movie starts out very promising like it literally starts out with like this you know the zombie team beating up on this other team and like this dude jumps up to catch a fly ball and he fucking explodes and shit i'm like oh bro i'm like we're totally gonna get this shit man it's gonna be amazing we're gonna see like you know there's 18 guys on the field we're gonna see 17 fucking mutilated bodies this is gonna be crazy and, and like really like the first half of the movie is really just trying to to get uh or i can't even remember what his name is trying to get this guy to play on this team and stuff and it, and it kind of goes through the story of like how he killed his dad and why he doesn't play and like he's this big badass now and he's like an outcast and it's like it's done so goofy and ridiculous and but i mean my biggest problem with this movie though man is it's not how goofy the narrative is and actually there is some nods in this film too, man. There's nods to other Japanese films, uh, for sure. Um, which is kind of funny in a, in a narrative like this, but, uh, I, I think it's just the third act. I was expecting this big baseball game and I never got it. And I was so disappointed, man, because it starts out with one and it doesn't end with one. I'm yeah. like, bro, you totally set it up and just fucking kick me right in the nuts. <laughs> you said fuck that man we're not giving it to you man so i was i was really kind of taken back by that it's a quick watch so i think this movie only runs about 80 minutes which i was it's like, even quicker if you watch in 1.5 which i did you watched it how do you read the subtitles you weren't even reading the subtitles i barely ever do that but i was like man this is this I, is not i can on i, I can honestly say i've never watched a movie that we reviewed on actually in fact i've honestly oh, I, th- I did that a couple times for films i prepped for like 1991 and stuff that were just fucking atrocious on youtube i'm like i don't time start in 1.5 no if no if i no. get like halfway right. through the movie and i'm like right <laughs> then i'm like no i, I like, can see this being very i can see this being very drowning on you because like i mean if you don't like meatball machine there's no way you're digging this shit man like, the, to be fair i didn't hate it though i i just it was like it was super goofy. There was some funny stuff, like people flying through like doors and shit, and uh, you know the, the the thing with the this melodramatic, like overdramatic, like thing with the the brother and stuff like that. And there there was some funny stuff in it, but it was just like 
I just wanted it to be more like trauma or something, you know, like more mm. like effects and people exploding and, and dying and stuff like that. And it didn't, it didn't give me what I wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. I know that there's a shadow to, to quite, to quite on in this man with the, with the earless, um, uh, is it Hiroshi? The scene where the where the dude gets his ear cut off and stuff like that, I think it has something to do with Quiet On. I'm pretty fucking sure it does. What's Quiet On? You know the Japanese the, the Japanese film, the the anthology the anthology film. There's a there's a there's a scene in a, there's a character like the earless uh, Hiroshi film or a character or whatever. And I'm pretty sure oh, that. Oh wait, did we review that on here? I think you did. I wasn't on the show. But I'm pretty sure that's what they were referring to when they did that earless gig in this one, too. Because I think the guy's name was even Hiroshi or something like that. I think it's the same thing. And I was like, oh, shit. Is, is that's that good. the one with the, like, witch in the winter lumberjack forest? Is that the one with the the earless one? I think so. It's been a while. Or, no, there's like, or there's like a... Oh, no. Like oh, you mean you mean one of the shorts. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the anthology film. Yeah. Quite on? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that mo- the first two segments that movie are really good, and then the third one's kind of weak. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm pretty sure that they have kind of a shadow to that in this with the with the earless part. I think that's what it's referring to. I'm pretty fucking sure. So I, I kind of got that vibe, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's even the dude's name in that segment too. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I could be wrong. I, I might be just totally talking on my ass. <laughs> but you never know. I, you know, I'm 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 like Michael Rappaport. I don't fact check. <laughs> <laughs> what what about you dave what do you think of this one i think well, it, it's probably not a movie for you yeah i was gonna say you could probably guess that it. it's it's not just not my type of movie i mean uh, even the title even even seeing that title ba- battlefield baseball i was already thinking the worst i'm like yeah <laughs> this is gonna be c- comedic and ridiculous and just off the wall and zany and goofy and it's just it's not gonna be for me you know what it reminded me of at first it was a combination of Meatball Machine and that movie Versus from from the year two thousand. Yeah, that, but that Versus, but Versus is like absolutely amazing. It's good. I just got. It, I remember I, I saw Versus for the first time for Summer Series because it was a two thousand movie. And is that, that, that the one that Doug Tilly picked? Maybe I don't is know. Like oh man, I have been in love I with Versus remember. for years, man. I had the old uh, Tokyo Shock DVD, and then Arrow came out with that amazing edition with all the different cuts on it and shit. It was like, fuck, man, the movie's fun, Damn. man. I love that shit, well, after dude. Like it's great. Two, uh, it, it's a two-hour movie, and I think I was pretty much. I think I had my fill of the shtick after twenty minutes. That was just it for me. I, I, guess, was, I guess if you're not into that type of stuff, I could see how, right. you know, after two hours, that's you're all. just like, oh, my God, dude. Like, seriously, I, I've really just worn off all the skin on my balls from scratching them. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I just, you know, I didn't understand in the beginning. All of a sudden, the game broke out for no reason. Then this guy comes around. He said, I changed my face. And then they break up. Uh, when they broke out in song and they did that, that is actually <laughs> my type of comedy. I actually liked that. That was like the shining moment. I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool. Let's break out into a fucking love song in the middle of all this, and, and it's cheesy, but that made me laugh. To me, that that type of humor, I'm okay with. Something you would see in like fucking Naked Gun, like all of a sudden something tells me I'm into something good. <laughs> anyway, it's just for me. Then the guy looks like fucking Jim Carrey from The Mask. That's all I kept thinking of seeing <laughs> him and. 
then next thing you know, guys are being nailed on fucking boards and the gravestones are popping up and this mother's fighting martial arts with people and there's nubbins in there and all of a sudden they're picking teams that anybody can play, I guess. I'll take you and this is fucking... It's just... It's zany, ridiculous. It's so Japanese. It is, man. It, it's it, just... It, you it, know it what wouldn't it is? matter to me even if it wasn't. It's just... You know what it reminds me of? And I know you love the movie moods, so I thought you were going to love this. This, to me, fits in the same drawer as a movie like fucking Psycho Gorman. It's just not oh, my I love Psycho shit. Gorman too, but it's, it's just ridiculous. I, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to knock that's your taste. That that's to me it's not for me. It's just not my taste. It's just it's just not for me. And that's that's the kind of movie this is. I well, can't, Psycho I Gorman definitely heavily inspired by like Sentai like the like the old Power Ranger type shit. Yeah, yeah I've never seen any of that. So See, I the comedy works better for me in something like Psycho Gorman than it does for the, like. There's there's a lot of goofiness. Like this movie to me is like a live action cartoon. It's so cartoony, right? It, it's yeah, just it so ridiculous. Like everything is so stupid in the movie. Like for like even from like even the cheerleaders are like cartoony because they're just so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. And it's, it's stupid shit like, actually this made me laugh, like the poison bat that was called the poison bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you couldn't come up with a better name bat? than a poison bat? <laughs> fucking made me laugh. That, that Didn't was... he say like it has like, like, all the deadliest poisons in the world yeah, or something. That, I thought that was actually <laughs> like, a really what? cool premise that this this bat was like loaded with all these poisons. It's like, like one but, poison, it, it, you know, one deadly poison isn't enough. No, but it, it made me fucking <laughs> right? laugh when they're like, yeah, the poison bat, that's called poison bat. And I was like, blah! I'm like, fuck, it's so stupid. We call it poison bat because it's a, it's poison, a poison bat. And I'm like, oh, see, I, that shit makes me laugh. And most people would be like, but that's not even funny. I'm like, but it is funny because they didn't even bother to name the fucking bat. <laughs> Yes, they did. They named it Poison Bat. (laughs) That's okay. You can't judge humor. Like that's what I've learned in life. Humor, more than anything, is very subjective. Mm. Like something you might think is the funniest fucking movie ever. This dude over here thinks it's fucking horrible, and it happens. So that's why I don't like. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, this movie's stupid." I'm just going to say it's not for me. And I thought that maybe people that are into like sillyish things like, like Psycho Gorman might like something like this yeah. or the meatball machine, things like that. That's just not for me. But I'm not going to say somebody's wrong for liking it. If you like it and that makes you laugh, who am I to say? I just you know? love uh, like everything makes- that Astron 6 has done, man, has is, is been right on my alley because I, I like that kind of like, – the thing is like they make these, you know, these very silly type movies, but they also put a lot of fucking effort into it, man. Like there's there's some good writing in there too. I mean, the comedy might not be for everybody, but there's a lot of fucking effort in there, man. Like they're not just making these silly ass lowbrow films for five dollars and shit. There's there's a lot of heart in that shit, and you know, I mean, I get it. I mean, comedies like of editor. course are subjective. They, well, that's a great example. The editor is exactly what yeah. I'm talking about because that movie might seem to the to the average person to be super super goofy, and they might be confused at what they're seeing. But if you look at the core narrative of that and what they're accomplishing with all the shout outs to Italian films and if all the little anecdotes that they put in there Giallos. dude it's absolutely fucking brilliant every time I watch the editor I pick out something else that I didn't see there's so many little things in there from tons of films of classic yeah, Italian is. films it's so well done oh man dude it, I agree I love real- it but I, I wish they would have taken if they would have taken the comedy out then it would be like a fucking 10 out of 10 for me. You know, that's they, the thing. they didn't go that route. Astron you know? 6 hasn't really me. done a lot of projects that weren't fully comedy based. I mean, 
Yeah, I know. I mean, from everybody involved in Azeroth Six, I mean, like really, what what's probably the most serious thing that they did? The Maybe. Void. Uh, the Void. The Void, probably. Yeah. I no mean, comedy. And there. that was and that and that and that, and that was movie. and that was Jeremy that directed that one too. <laughs> You he looks wow. just like Jeremy looks just like him. Another um, Jeremy. Wow. Yeah, he looks just like it's, it's so funny how similar they look, man. It's crazy. It's like Jeremy played fucking uh, the Riddler in the new Batman movie, too. <laughs> I gotta see that. That's oh my funny. god, it's crazy. But yeah, you're right. The yeah. Void is probably the most serious thing. But uh, again, you know, done well. Um, but yeah, no, like I really, really wanted to love Battlefield Baseball, man. I was like, well, it's from the director that did Meatball Machine. I think that's pretty batshit crazy. And it's a baseball movie. And like, I think my anticipation was just too high for this amazing. I All I could picture in my mind was like bloody ball. Guys are just going to be brutalized in this nine inning game. And I'm like, fuck, it doesn't play out like that. And I'm like, I was so disappointed, man. The third act I thought was just, was just really below average. And I was so let down by it. But you know, there was parts of the movie that made me laugh, but I was, I, I won't lie. I was, I was deathly bored at times. And honestly, man, when it comes down to like musicals and shit like that, like musical parts and movies and stuff, that's where it kind of loses me too being a big music guy it's kind of ironic a little bit that i'm not a big musical person when it comes to film um i don't know i just like to separate the two i guess i like good scores and good soundtracks but when you full full-blown musicals which you know i'm not opposed to doing a part two of we did a musical episode one time and i thought it was kind of fun kind yeah of- i think there's what stage Fright is out there too. That's a great fucking film. Stage. I mean, we could do state. There's lots of other musicals that we that we could probably throw in there. But um, and on the apocalypse, that's one. I've never seen that one. That's actually one I haven't seen. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I think you'd like it. It's got a lot of heart to it. You know. But stage fright is funny. Like it's funny because stage fright now is very offensive to a lot of people because I think there's like a lot of gay jokes and shit in that, right? Oh yeah, right in the beginning there is. Yeah, it's funny. I'm gay, I'm gay, but not in that way. He says. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's just funny, but yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know, man. I was just, uh, I, I mean, I was pretty happy that this movie was only about eighty minutes. To be honest, I, I chuckled a couple times. I, I think it's something that maybe rewatching, knowing what I'm getting myself into, would probably be a little bit more maybe enjoyable or maybe even more disappointing because like I, I usually don't get my hopes up too much but i was like battlefield baseball the fucking title suggests we're gonna have some battlefield baseball uh we get it in the first in the opening scene and that was it it's i don't know just kind of um disappointed to be honest yeah i agree yeah well, good. I'm not alone. I thought you guys were. Well, maybe no, maybe not JP. I thought Moot. I thought you were gonna love it. To be honest, I'm very, so. I'm very hit and miss with goofy movies. Like some of them work for me, and some don't. Um, I don't think that, that. I think this one just it, it, it could. It felt like it could be better. I think that we echoed that a few times. Uh, me and Moods here. Uh, yeah, there was, but, there, yeah. There, there, yeah. Was, there was funny parts. Like I, I like the like the coach was completely over the top and made me kind of laugh because I'm like thinking back to myself and I'm like, you know, I, I coach baseball and I'm like, I'm not like that, but I probably could be. You know, like just so aggressive and over the top and <laughs> screaming at the kids and just going crazy and shit like that. But I'm not going to be doing that with twelve year olds. But 
But, you know, I've had coaches that have been over the top. And it, it just kind of makes me laugh because, like, if you played sports, then you probably had a coach like that at one time. It's it kind of funny. I know da- I, da- I know. Moods played baseball. Dave, did you play baseball growing up? I played baseball for, like, three years. Yeah, I played yeah, a lot. I wasn't I, very good, but I played. I played a little bit. I didn't play my whole life. Yeah, I, no. played, I played for 12 no. years. I played for 12. From six <laughs> nice. to, I played, yeah, from the time I was, like, you know, the T-ball of six until 18. So... And then I moved away, but yeah, I love baseball, but, uh, yeah, no, that, and you know, that's why I was just like such high hopes for this man, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I just thought it was so, I guess that's part of the joke. He, like him not realizing that this whole family thing was all connected and shit, I guess, but I just didn't really find it funny. I was like, but that's ridiculous. You know, it's not like you were yeah. four years old when the shit went down. I'm like you were old enough to like, you know, bury a ball through your dad's head with your tornado <laughs> pitch. <laughs> I think the glove was the funniest thing of the whole movie for myself. That big oversized glove. I don't know. I just found it funny. <laughs> this is the glove that he needed to catch his son's pitch. Super cartoony. So super cartoony. It's, yeah. just, it's live action cartoons is what it is, man. Yeah. So... Mm-mm. I don't know. What do, you, do you guys have anything else on? Uh, nope. No, not, not me. Yeah, I don't really think I do either. I think Dave's turn. Yeah, Dave. Oh, okay. All right, I'll, I'll say it like this. Uh, you know what I was thinking? I think it might have worked as like a, a a short in an anthology or something like take the take the jokes that you did here your best things and come up with something quick and maybe they should have a horror movie freaking sports anthology and this a short of this could be in it there you back go. to that conversation that'd be kind of cool but um you know I, i'm gonna say this even though it wasn't my type of movie at all and the humor it was too ridiculous and goofy for me i can't sit here and say that I wasn't impressed at all with some of the filmmaking techniques. I liked the stuff they did here. It wasn't shoddily done. So I, I can't really come down too hard on the movie. I think that all, all all type of movies have their place. Like, this movie has its place. That place just doesn't happen to be on my shelf. But <laughs> that's okay. Some people are into it. But they all have their place. I'm not going to come too low. I'm not going to say it's garbage. It's not for me. But there is filmmaking merit here, and I see what they're going for, and they succeeded in that. So I'll give it the the cop out. I'll give it a five out of ten. Yeah, it'd be pretty tough to obtain this one right now. It was it was released by Subversa, Subversa, and you know that label's been defunct forever. So it, the DVD goes for yeah. crazy money. But uh, but you know yeah. what, man, um, it had moments. And I think I'm coming in actually at the same as you as five out of 10. And it's because I was so let down by the third act, man. All I wanted was if I had got that battlefield scene, I think it would have probably changed everything. But I mean, there was, there was still some fun moments. I like the scene where, you know, the zombie, the zombie team rolls around in the dump truck and then the dump truck just like dumps their bodies out. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, why roll around in a bus when you're fucking dead? You know, you just dump out the bodies and then go to work. I thought that was kind of funny, but um, but yeah, it's pretty average to me, man. I was I was very I was pretty Sorry. I was pretty tempted to you know do the one point five in this one too. I was getting just I wasn't feeling this one that much. 
Well, I found a way to do it on Plex, which is like oh yeah, the shit. Yep, real fast on Plex. So JP. Oh, did you? Oh, did you rate it? Yeah, man, I had five out of ten. Also, that's exactly what I had. I was surprised oh, Dave was I'm even that high. I, I was ex- I was expecting Dave to be around a four, <laughs> maybe even. No, nah, you know the filmmaking was good though. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't come down to oh, no. a movie if, if it's not my type. Yeah, I, I I don't like to review a movie that way and say, oh, I mean, granted, if I'm sitting here with my friends on Friday night and they say, what? A, hey, ever ever see Battlefield Baseball? I say, ah, that's trash. I don't really think it's trash. It's trash as far as its capability of entertaining me and my friends. I think. But I'm still going to say it's worth the five out of ten because I think that it was it was well made enough. That's all. Right. Yeah. It it definitely is, man. I mean, there's there's definitely some skill involved here. It's just more the execution yeah. of the narrative, man. Just kind of miss some kind of miss some beats there. GP, what'd you say? Five. Yeah, I gave it a five as well. Wow, five wow. across the board. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I thought I was a five, and GP was going to be like a six, and we were just going to be like an eight. Isn't that funny? shit alright so that is going to conclude Battlefield Baseball from 2003 did you guys realize what this weekend is it's the 15 year anniversary can't believe it's been that long alright so getting into the third and final film here on episode 224 killer baseball flicks we're going to take it back to 2013 with a film called Billy Club. You know, when you, when you hear that title, Billy Club, like, I, th- I immediately think of... Police. Like, like a police Billy a cop, Club. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I mean, but, I mean, the title does make sense to the film. Um, so, quick little synopsis. Four friends who played Little League have reunited to pay tribute to their teammates who were murdered 15 years earlier only to have a vengeful mass killer with a weaponized baseball bat targeting them. All right, so Billy Club. Um, Dave, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts on this one? I, I, I assume it's going to be, yeah. No, I. Uh, this is the second time watching me. The first time I watched it was uh, the year of the slasher for Exploding Heads. I wanted to see as many as I could, and anybody that had recommendations, I was willing to, you know, look into them and watch them. And I had a few people uh, mention this one to me, and being that it was so recent, and I hadn't seen it, I said, okay, I checked it out, and um, you know, I watched it. And it was fine. It didn't make my top fifty list or anything, but. It was one of the many honorable mentions. It was it was just fine. So I liked it. I knew what I was getting into this time. And ultimately, I had the same experience with it. I enjoyed my time with it. I love slashers. So um, that's always going to be a good thing. You have a couple nice kills, which is, is always good. The setup is fine. You care about the characters. And uh, a cool reveal... I'm not exactly sure about one aspect of it when something's taking place. Um, I, I forgot <clears throat> that there was that type of reveal from the you know, first okay. time I saw it. So, so I wasn't looking this time. I, I you do, know what I'm saying? When the guy's in the woods and something happens? Yeah. Like, well, I'm talking how like, could my, happen if this is this? Right, 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 right. Like my biggest, my, my biggest complaint with a reveal like this is I guess in the narrative, it's like they haven't seen their friend for 15 years because he moved away after the events of, you know, Billy killing off two of the teammates in the coach, right? So, mm-hmm. 
so Tommy moves away for, you know, he's been gone for 15 years and he shows back up to, you know, um, you know, to hang out with the, the, the homies, you know, it's been 15 years, you know, kind of thing. Right. You know, it's so hard to pull off a reveal like this because, and I, the, I think we have to spoil this to, to have a conversation about this. Um, because even though it's been 15 years, do you think that you would not fully recognize the person that shows up? Or would you think it's that person that is supposed to be that person? You know what I'm saying? It's tough to say. And I, I know I knew that that's where you were heading when you started talking about it. But um, it, it is from a young age, a very young, what were they, eight years old to what they are now? They're, I don't, I'm they're guessing, like, I they're like, they they're like 10 years. I think they're around like 10 years okay. old. So they're like in their mid 20s so now. now so, like 20, so 10 to 25. 15 years this dude shows up and you're like oh hey Tommy what's up but like no one ever questions it in the entire film and that yeah. it, it, it's so crazy because and it's funny well, like, yeah. if you do pay like I mean I guess I guess it's you know if you do pay attention is what happens somebody gets killed in the beginning of the film Um, but my point is is like unless they looked very similar well, my thing is, is that I, I don't remember exactly how it the conversation goes, but I feel like they recognize him before he even says who he is. No, no, no. They, well, they, he never does. They have their the conversation in the bar. They say, wait a minute, don't you know who this is? And then they start saying it. And he goes, oh, it's you. And I haven't because at first they didn't. He told the girl who he was behind the bar. Remember, Did he? he? He went in the bar first before those two guys right. came in. I and thought the girl. Oh, himself rec- to I thought her. he said something to the girl and then she instantly recognized him. No, like, I think, well, again, I... No, I, I mean, don't it, it's sure. one of those things, swear. though. Yeah, it's... But, it's but, but it doesn't really matter how it plays out. It's still the fact that they bought into this person yeah. being Tommy. Because even if you weren't 100% sure, you would still put the connection together and be like, is this Tommy? See, I, I'm, I'm like a little iffy on it because like i see people now that i went to high school with and i'm like holy shit that's them i didn't even realize it was them (laughs) right (laughs) i know the way jp's talking about it that's almost unforgivable like if if he was to walk in a room and the three of them were there and they say hey it's tommy and we know that, that that's not the way it is then i would say that's cheap and that's that's very it's not good but for the convenience of the plot and, and for the, you know, and to keep a secret for a reveal later, the, this is one of those instances where I don't mind suspending disbelief a little bit. But this pro- didn't really bother me so But much. the problem is it's not coincidental that he's at that diner because Tommy is supposed to be there. They were expecting Tommy because it's not like, because they were supposed to be reconciling after like 15 years. It was kind of like the 15 year anniversary and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like they knew he was going to be there. It wasn't just like, oh, shit, you're here. Right, and then you. Oh, can, really? Yeah, I it, didn't even get that. It's supposed okay. to. No, be, I don't think that's true. I think I they thought just decided, happened to come in after the game, and he was there. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just decided then, like, hey, we should pay tribute to this because it happened at this time. I don't think it was that's like a thing. Well, because they play off the fifteenth anniversary type thing as as to why Tommy was coming back, and no, and, but they do that after they realize they're all together. Yeah, I guess. I think so. I guess. Yeah, I think it yeah. came along naturally. Like, it was just, okay, let's do this. And 
So I guess I so guess that didn't a- bother me. What bothered me, moods, is what is the way we're supposed to accept. Almost like, and I don't. Okay, almost like that one scene in High Tension when you see the guy in the truck, which I had the problem, which is the only time I had the problem. And I'm not going to go down that road. Not with <laughs> JP. Honestly, JP, I defend it more than you would even think. But the thing is this. There's a one scene when there's a reveal. We find out what's happened. But in order for that to happen, didn't that character get hit in the back of the head with a shovel by the killer? But then later on, you're supposed to think that he's the killer? So what, he did it to himself? Why did they do that? That's what I have a problem with. That, to me, was cheap. Not accepting the other stuff. Or am I remembering it wrong? No, I think that, what I think. No, the, the person that gets hit in the head with the shovel is, is the sheriff. He's not the only guy that gets killed with a shovel in the film. Maybe not hit with a shovel, but didn't he go down? Didn't the killer come to him and attack him and knock him down? Do something where he was, where Fuck if you were to look back with the reveal, say, wait a minute then. If if you're the killer, then who did that to you? We, we clearly saw somebody come up and, and injure you or incapacitate you for a short time. I forgot what they did to him, but they did something. They were, there was a search going on in the woods, and he was by himself while the other guy went off, and something happened to him. But it's been a minute, so I can't. Yeah, dude, I, I I know what you're saying, and I think there's an explanation for it. But I, it's been yeah, it's been a little bit. So uh, I can't. Well, I remember. hope there is. I hope there is because in my notes, it all it says is cool reveal, good ending. That those are my last two notes. So, but I remember thinking about that, and I was like, well, we'll see if they bring it up. And yeah, that's yeah. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah, like my my only biggest complaint with the movie is like you know even though it's been 15 years, you think even though you think you would just recognize him as not being Tommy, right? Yeah. Like that's the only thing. Like it's you would possible. eventually just be like, okay, man, like because they 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 did talk about how they they were all friends. They weren't just teammates. They were actually friends. Right, so it's not like you just play ball with this guy once a week or whatever, but they were actually friends. But you think you would just kind of even even though it's fifteen years later, people change and shit. But like still, like if you were actually friends, you'd still kind of recognize the mannerisms. And shit. It's just it's one of those reveals that's really hard to pull off. Um, believably, I, I, I guess I don't think I have as big of an issue with it as you. Just it's because, not even like that big said, of an issue. I, I just have a hard time that, believing. That I went the. I just have a hard time believing that you wouldn't figure it out before it's figured out. You're like, it's like, I don't know, man. I would question it right away. I'm like, bro, you don't look like fucking, you don't look like Tommy. <laughs> like there's something off about you. Like you kind of remind me of, you know, this person that killed half our fucking ball team. But like, you would think that you would remember that though too. Like, you know, Billy killed a couple of your teammates and your coach, that face would be embedded in your mind. You're like fucking Billy, man. He's, he's a fucking murder. That's crazy. Like it's big news. Like y- you kind of remember that shit. I don't know. It's just the way my no, brain I works. Hear I guess. It's plot convenience, but the way I look at it, it's no worse than like the reveal in like a, a ton of slasher. Happy birthday to me. Or, you know, when we're asked to like suspend our fucking, our yeah. disbelief about but certain things for, for the sake of the narrative. At least they I do. Just, the the our diligence as a viewer of actually showing you without telling you when it happens when Tommy gets killed by Billy and steals mm-hmm. his identity essentially right at least they yes. show that in the film because if they didn't show yeah. that and we were just supposed to spend our belief and believe that this fucking this guy that showed up as Tommy and was actually Billy kind of thing and it's like I think that's a little bit more convenient it would have been a lot easier to do his filmmaking but like at least they showed you that and so you can kind of put yourself into that Spartan. Well, they fucking showed that. They actually did kill off Tommy. 
So And all the flashbacks were good. Like they were a highlight of the movie. I loved it. Every time yeah. they showed the flashbacks to everything and then they showed the kills and doing the numbers and all that stuff and that, yeah. it was cool. It's um stuff. you know you know my, my favorite scenes is, is when uh they're hooking up in the room and, and she she's like, I'm in the shower and she she comes out and dude's like, You're dirty and you're not wet. Right. <laughs> Dude, you know what my favorite scene is in the film? Is not, like, actually, the best kill in the film is is the de- decapitation scene where the guy's on the four-wheeler. But that, yeah, the that, Friday Five, the junior kill. Right, right. <laughs> so, But it's not actually, like, the decapitation looks pretty good. You know, hey, head looks a little bit fake, but, the you know, the, the scene is shot really well for an indie film. It looks really good. But my favorite part about that scene is when the four-wheeler hits that fucking tree and the body goes flying without the head. <laughs> That's Superman shit, man. It's so fucking funny, dude. I found my... I rewound it like three times while I was watching. I was like, blah! This is so fucking awesome, dude. It looks, it looks amazing. It looks so good. That's the, like that's a great oh, dummy death without even thinking about it being a dummy. Oh, it's so good, man. So much fun. But, you know, the kills overall... Did you realize the, film, the guy had a toy gun? <laughs> right. The guy that was carrying the gun around, he pulled... It, dude, I'm telling you, it 100% looks like a cap gun I had when I was a kid. Dude, I couldn't was. believe how it much was, it It like was it. a cap gun. Definitely was. <laughs> right. It definitely is. It's so funny. You know, the kills aren't that bad in this movie. Like, you know, there's such a good setup for it. I mean, you got the spiked baseball bat. You got the knife through the bat and stuff. So, like, at least it all had to do with, like, the a The spiked baseball bat is kick-ass. When he yeah. fucking smashes that one dude's face with it, man, and, like, when he pulls it up and, like, you see the chunks of the face come off his face. I was like, oh, God. And yes. that's kind of crazy. But they, they do cop out on one with the, when they kill the one girl. It's off screen. I was like, and I thought the cop kill with you know with the shovel was like, eh, it is what it is. The, the the kills are hit and miss. The body count's pretty high because of the backstory kills too with the with the two uh, baseball players and the coach. So I think there's like eleven kill count. I always like to mention. I always <laughs> like to got a fucking baseball bat sticking out of his mouth. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> right, right. I always like to have the yeah. the body count kill for the slashers, but you know, it's uh, I, I think I think it's still a pretty good film, man. It's not. It's not as good as Blood Junkie. I don't know if you guys ever seen Blood Junkie before. I, per- I personally think Blood Junkie is a better film. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. It's a lot more low budget and stuff. It's from the same director. It was released by... Uh, Trauma actually released. It wasn't made by Trauma, but it was released by them. But um, it was a film that came out in 2010. I championed the shit out of that one for years on my channel. Love Blood Junkie. It's a great film. Great low budget slash. Did you, I, I did you ever see that one, Dave? I'll check it. No, I didn't see it. I almost saw it once, I remember, and didn't get it around it. <clears throat> but I'd like to see it. It's hard to find, isn't it? It's only on freaking the disc, the, and it's out of print, maybe? Yeah, I would assume it's probably... I mean, it got released around that time on Troma, so... It's available for rent. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, check it out. It's, it, it's low budget, but it's it's cool, man. I, I, I It's just one of those kind of cool indie slasher films man it kind of sticks out but um, but this was a decent um, follow up it's definitely Billy Club is definitely like more of a budget film than Blood Junkie but uh, I gotta say man at least the killer actually it's funny because they call him the umpire he kind of looks like a catcher to me to be honest yeah, but totally. I mean yeah. ca- catches umpires but I mean, he just more or less looks like a catcher but yeah <laughs> anyways you know minor problems yeah um I know that like uh the um the the whole the, the i think they title him as the 
um, or the, in the in the description of the movie, they say he's wearing umpire gear. Yeah, which is essentially exa- almost exactly what catchers wear. But I think he does right. have. Yeah, I think he does have the catcher yeah. vest on, I, or the chest protector. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know. Maybe by the artwork, it kind of looks like that. But yeah, it, it almost looks a little S and M y too. <laughs> yes, it does. I yep. First time I saw it, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does look bad. Totally um, one of those guys. But uh, I, I was expecting this movie to be way more goofy. Because this, this is my second time watching it. But the first time I watched it, I was like, I expected it to be like super goofy. But it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't really that goofy. It's played. I mean, there's comedy, but it's played pretty straight. Yeah, there is comedy, man. I like when yeah. the, I like when the dude when they get pulled over in the vehicle there, and the cop looks at the dude in the back, and he's like, he calls him gingerbread. That shit made me laugh out loud. <laughs> right. <laughs> or how about later when they eat the mushroom chocolates? That was good. Yeah. <laughs> he eats all the fucking chocolates. He's tripping out like mad. Oh, that's funny. But they were likable. The girl was likable. He was likable. Uh, they, they were fine. The one guy was a little... Uh, for the most part, though, they were likable. <laughs> that one part was funny. When he's like, I'm not gay. I'm You're not gay. gay. <laughs> You're gay. <laughs> Dude, I kind of... I felt bad for him, man. I did, too. Right. <laughs> I just don't understand like, why he made that pass like that, though. I was like, bro. Because like, he you looked were- at him, as he said. <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't really do that. Though. He was just being a little bit aggressive. Like I don't know. It's like that scene in Boogie Nights when fucking when he kisses him. But New Year's Eve. Oh right, right, right. It, it kind of makes sense though, man. Throughout the whole movie, there's so many sexual innuendos through the whole movie. Like there's nothing but sexual jokes. So. I like when he goes to piss in the yeah. bathroom, and it's, there's a sign that says like, you know, please keep the bathroom clean and watch your stream. And he's just pissing all over the place. <laughs> So right fun. right i gotta say though man like <laughs> you know we gotta mention that uh like the killings happened in 81 15 years later would be 96 so this movie's based in the mid 90s i thought the wardrobes and everything looked really good for the time period i was like you know like that looks like 96 to me man i wasn't questioning i couldn't tell the dude i couldn't be if i didn't like know that i wouldn't be able to say oh this is a set in the 90s yeah see i knew like by the pants and like there was just certain things i was like no it's it seems like i mean just knowing that it was set in 96 i'm like it looks like 96 yeah the, the girl had a flannel on too and there was oh a yeah lot of well that shit was like it was all time, you know it was all big at that times and shit right so um i forgot about that i didn't realize it was 90s but you're 100 right 81 and 15 years later it's for whatever reason it just didn't register as i was watching it that this was taking place in 96 but now that you pointed it out it, that's cool i kind of like that i didn't though. expect i didn't expect the lead female to get naked yeah she does a little bit right no, I mean, sometimes i just never like when it, I, there's certain character types where i just don't expect it mm-hmm. and that right. was one <laughs> What do you guys think of the guy uh, eating all the fucking mushroom or the chocolate mushrooms and then tripping out? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was awesome, dude! His trip out actually <laughs> makes sense. I'm like, fuck, man, I've been there before. It, like, you know, those mushroom trips, Indeed. man. You're just like, it, it kind of like, you know, you can tell the director's definitely done mushrooms before because they caught it. Yeah, got it pretty right <laughs> on the effects. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that worked. Yeah, that was cool. Oh man. Yeah, I got to say, man, one of my biggest complaints with this movie, though, is is the fact that, like, there's it, it, this movie's too quiet. 
there's no there's barely any score to this film it kind of picks up towards like the the you know in the third act a little bit but mm. throughout the movie there's like no music it's weird i think there's, i kind of noticed there's, that it's too, so yeah. quiet i'm like it's a fucking slasher film like you need that you need that was that score to kind of like build suspense and things like that but it's like it plays out on this like it has like such a serious tone through it but it has like all these like sexual innuendo jokes throughout it and stuff and but it's like playing itself super serious it, it, it's got a weird tone because this there's of the lack of score in the film i thought that was very strange i don't know if that's just a budget thing but it does kind of pick up a little bit there is a little bit of music but it's just it's too quiet of a movie for myself way too quiet i tell you i would rather have too quiet of a movie especially a slasher than the bombastic freaking loud slashers of the of the 90s yeah but i was talking about it the other day because we watched uh urban legends final cut and it it got me thinking about the the slasher movies in the in like from scream and the post scream movie and every everything was orchestral and everything was these this bombastic freaking brass section and horns for everything and i'm like this is a slasher why they gotta get so crazy i'm not saying i don't want to score i love a score i'm just saying yeah. Given the two, I'd rather have a quiet film than fucking. Because you know what I'm talking about with those '90s slashers. Yeah, right? man. It's very all that all that post scream shit, man. Wasn't just like it wasn't oh. just over aggressive oh. fucking. It wasn't even ambient scores. It was like it was very orchestrated scores and shit. But like, the, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't just the scores. It was the fucking radio rock soundtracks and those fucking things too, man. <laughs> that really separated yes. '80s slashers from '90s because in the '80s you wouldn't have soundtracks like that. The music would be a lot different. But then you had like all this literal radio rock shit that was playing. And it was just like, you know, whatever the hottest band was at that moment was on that soundtrack. You know, you got fucking just all these bands. And I'm just like, oh my God. It was just so totally. mainstream. It was kind of annoying like that. But I know what you're saying. And the actors and actresses, you knew the actors because they were from something else. Yeah, they were all from 80s. Dawson's Creek. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> in the 80s, actors got their starts in slashers, right. then moved on to, to greater things sometimes. Most of the time, no, but sometimes they did, you know, but in the nineties, it was the opposite. They were known something else. Okay. Let's put these people in a slasher. It'll be nice in this and we'll have loud sounds and it'll be edited nice. And we'll have rock this music, just like you said. And anyway, I didn't mean to harp on it. It's just that I was thinking about that recently about a slasher movie in it, that orchestral shit. It's true though, man. You're right though, man. Because back in the day you had like guys like Tom Hanks who were appearing in these low budget slasher films and it made it huge. And right. And in the nineties, how it worked was if you got yourself on a fucking a teenager uh, drama show like Dawson's Creek, you went from TV into horror films and then you made your progression up into like the, the higher level, you know, films that people consider better than horror films or whatever. And so like you got Katie Holmes and all of a sudden she's married to Tom Cruise. And then you got the, her starring in these A-list films and that's the way it went in the nineties and shit. Right. Kind of different. So yeah, very strange. It yeah. is strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but fucking Billy club, man. Um, Wow. I see families giving no fucks upstairs right now. Dogs barking, people are banging around. That's fucking awesome. Wow, that's coming through real hardcore right now. Thanks for ruining the show, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's uh, Jeremy in spirit. Right. There you go. There you go. There you go. 
ah, moving furniture and everything. <laughs> yeah, man. Speaking of that, when, when he looks at him, the reason why he leans over and kisses him is because he says something on the lines of, like, we're on the same team. And he was we're on lit- the same team. Yeah. That's what it was. And then yes. he took it as, we're on the same team. It's like, oh, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's a classic example of someone who's, like, harboring their, right. their true self and is, like, desperate to, like, finally let it out, you know, being gay and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's something to cover. Why not? It's not making fun of it. A funny line comes from it because he goes, I'm not gay. You're gay. I mean, and that's funny. But I mean, that's kind of what somebody in that position probably would say. But it's nice to actually see when they do something like that in a movie. Just one little extra thing uh, of character development yeah well, just something so, you yeah. know it, it it makes your film not empty you know what i mean like you have substance in there of different things and you know keeps the viewer interested right, right. and maybe right. this guy's such a smart ass and like a ball buster because he has his own insecurities inside because no, i think he's, it's i think, I think that's bang out. on i think you know? that's absolutely yeah. bang on yeah. yeah so i respect that yeah yeah um all right um billy club Ratings? I guess I'm up. Unless you guys have anything else. Uh, no, I'm good. All right. No, so, cool. so Billy Club, I think is a is a really decent and above average slasher film from um, you know the time period it came out in 2013. I mean, this is I was always so hit and miss in these times, man. Like there was like a resurgence of slasher films. I think in what 16 or 17, there was a bunch of really good ones that year, and then the next year there like wasn't even one. You know, <laughs> very far between at this time. I think this one actually still kind of sticks out. It's it's definitely got a memorable killer. It's got some decent kills in it. Um, you know, one thing I do like about this film is actually how it starts out when you get our killer Billy. There, there's a huge homage to Freddy Cougar in this in this film, man. You know, with, with him making the bat. Uh, when like, he's making the bat, yeah. When, when he's making 100%. the bat. 100%. Totally. 100% yeah. is a total homage to Freddy. And I love that opening scene. It really kind of... And for me, being a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, it's my favorite franchise, I was like, oh, well, dude, that's that just that just sucked me in right there. You know, it's awesome. But, you know, it plays out pretty good. I, I really enjoy this movie. I don't think it's like, you know, the crazy of all slasher films, but I think it's definitely decent uh you know, for the time it came out in, I just wish it had, man, I wish it had better music in it, man. I think that's one of the biggest downfalls of this film. I think it shot pretty well. I think it's acted pretty well. It's got some pretty, I love sexual innuendo jokes. You know, it's silly, but I like those. That's just my personality. So those things kind of work for me and stuff, but uh, I'm going to come in at a seven out of 10. I think it's a solid film. It's a very solid film. Yeah. Um, back to me. Uh, I like this movie. Um, since I seen it, I think it was given to me actually probably by Mikey Fish as well <laughs> as a Patreon. Oh, did you review that? Um, oh, yeah, you did, right? He, yeah, yeah. He always gave me like you know, um, indie stuff. Shit that was um, just on and, DVD. <laughs> right, exactly. Stuff that's just on DVD and right. indie. Um, like he gave me Monster Man. There was like a bunch of flicks he gave me. I got me. Monster Man too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one was uh, fun. You know, it's 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 a uh, easily digestible slasher flicks. As Dave Z and Moods, uh, slashers are some of my favorite films. Um, so I, I, I will always a, a, a 
average slasher to me is easier to watch than like an average ghost movie. You know what I mean? Like, like there's always yep. some redeeming aspects of slasher films for me. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying this one's average. I think this one's above average. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a six and a half out of 10. Right on. Yeah. I enjoyed my time with it. I think I liked it a little bit more than I did in the year of the slasher, but much like JP said, slashers to me, I could just put them on any time. And as long as it's adequate, I mean, <laughs> I I would rather watch a, you know, an average or slightly above average slasher than, than any other type of subgenre. Than Battlefield just, Baseball? You know, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, dude. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, like a, a slasher movie, like a bad slasher movie, I'd take over Battlefield Baseball. Oh, certainly, especially if you're watching it with somebody, because you get you can have so much fun making fun of it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about this on on the next Exploding Heads. I've been th- I've been looking at this a lot lately because I've been talking about '90 slashers a lot, and I've come to the conclusions. Uh, the more I watch them, and the more I can actually pinpoint my issues with them. So I'm to a point now where I think I'm going to say something controversial on the next show. Well, here now too, I honestly think if you take the slashers from the two from 2010 to 2019 and pair them up against the slashers of the 90s, I think that the 2010s are actually a better decade for slashers. Uh, and uh, we'll on, honestly, in a lot of in a lot of uh, ways, I agree, man. There's a lot of good ones, and I think that a lot of the good ones haven't been seen from that era, from 2010 to like 19. Like, like I said, I think it was like 17 or 18. No, it was 17. Maybe it was 16. There was like six or seven, maybe even eight, really top tier slasher films one year. And I was like, "Fuck, man, yeah. that, that's almost better than you know the entire 90s right there, just well, in yeah, one year." Spread out. Like, to me, the 90s has one great movie, one great slasher named Scream, and it's a 10 out of 10. In every other movie they have followed it, the highest rating I could give any of them is like a six and a half. For me, nothing comes close. to. But that's just me. I want them to be great, but to me, they just weren't. So I can only go by that. I'm looking at the, the 90s slashers and everything that came out, and then I'm looking at these 2010s, little ones here. Little, you know, Maybe there's only a couple a year, but I bet if I took like the top 10 from the 2010s and the top 10 against the 90s, I don't know. I think the two, the 2010s might actually prevail. But that's another I, show. I just found day. it so interesting, man. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like the massive – everybody knows I'm not a massive Scream franchise fan. I, I respect Scream. I like Scream. But I always found it so interesting that, like, you have, I know what you did last summer that came out the year after. Obviously, it was this, you know, dubbed it the, like a Scream clone type thing. And, you know, it was written by Kevin Williamson and stuff like that. And just, like, how much of a piece of shit it is compared to, like, Scream, in a sense, man. Like, and, and my problem is with the movie, though, man. It, I mean, obviously, I think the writing's a little bit sloppy in it, too. But the casting is just so fucking bad. It's so fucking bad, dude. Like, Scream's Why casting is so much better. Like, Freddie Prince oh, Jr. I like Jr. I know what you did last. Freddie Prince, like Prince Jr. is a fucking dork, dude. <laughs> I just love her. I he just is see her so bad, movie. dude. I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is a horrible actress. I think Sarah I Michelle Gellar is not a great actor. Like, it, Ryan Phillippe is probably the best one in the film. And I don't know. Yeah, man. he is pretty good. In there. That's Very. the thing, man. I'm just like, and I think the dude from Big Bang Theory and Roseanne's in that movie too. I think he's okay. And he's in a small oh, role. Oh, yeah. I think he's in a small yeah. role. And I always liked him, whatever his name is. I always forget his name. But, but like, Freddie Prince Jr. is like the lead in the film and he's just bad. 
He's a fucking bad actor. It, it kills the whole movie, Leave man. him alone. Dude, Honestly. I, I've done this over the I years in this show. I always harp on Freddie Prinze Jr. Like, where is he now? What's he doing? What's he doing these days? Nothing. You fucking know it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remembered this, though. I got to take it back. I got to take back what I said. I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer for the second time ever this past year. Damn. Uh, well, last I saw year, that fucker in the theater. Bro. I saw it in the for theater. The, for the podcast. And I actually it was the high. I gave it a seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. So I, I got to take back what I said. You have Scream with a ten, that movie with a seven, and I don't think any other movie in in the nineties for me. Uh, obviously, I'm speaking you know, okay. for myself. So comes in higher. I've said this. Me. I've said this before. I did like the, I always say like the big three later nineties slashers, which is Scream. I know he did last summer in Urban Legend. See, I yeah. think Urban Legend isn't a great. It's not a, like a great, great film, but I like the idea nah. of Urban Legend because it's dealing with premise. urban legends. And, you know, yes. even though they don't pull off the movie is exactly how it probably should have been, but they still played off some of those urban legends decently. I don't know. I would rather watch it. I know what you did last summer just to avoid watching Freddie Prince Jr. for 94 fucking minutes. But <laughs> you guys are skipping one of the top tier slashers of the 90s. Which one? Jason goes to hell. Oh my god! Seriously, dude, fucking stop it! It is. Don't even. No franchise movie in the nineties. Nope. I would even take. Uh, fuck. What else came out? Well, yeah, I would definitely take Halloween Six over it, and Ooh. I would definitely take fucking H two O and fucking New Nightmare over it. No question. No uh, question. I think the the best one I has is Jason goes to hell. Um, but I, I also I like, like, I like Valentine. New Valentine was 2002, I think. Yeah, Valentine's in the 2000s. Like a, a 90s. Oh, was it? It, felt, it had that feel to yeah, it. Yeah, see, that's the problem, is there actually weren't that many slashers in the 90s. See, I was, like, lumping the early 2000s and the 90s together, that, like, and scream you still era. Can. I still think it's a formidable argument to say the 2010s versus the... I just the, don't the know any good slashers from the 2010s. What's a maniac? I guess. You know, like when you actually break Girl down House? the 90s for slasher films, yeah, like okay. there's not actually that many slasher films. Like, I mean, if you consider something like Dr. Giggles to be like, is Dr. Giggles compared yeah. like a slasher film? Like the, the dentist, a slasher. Yeah, the, dentist. the dentist, I like Dr. Great. Giggles and the dentist. As a matter of fact, I do. I do like those movies. But if you look at the 2010s and like each year, one comes out each year, pretty much that that makes this list list worthy. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talk more probably. About I I can see the argument for it, but I yeah. I'm just not a huge fan of modern slashers, um, in general. Like I, I don't really like a lot of them. I don't feel like they capture what I liked about slashers for the most part. Um, but true, but the '90s didn't either. That's they it. did the to me. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, that's you. Yeah, like, and that, they, that's more they, of like a nostalgic thing. Extended, ver- updated version of what the '80s slashers were for me. There are some good Whereas, ones, man. Like, but they're so much different. Like, and I, I've been, like I said, because I've been watching them lately. This is the problem with '90s slashers. There's so much emphasis put on the fucking whodunit that it ruins the movie. Where in 80s slashers, they didn't even know people were dying until the fucking last reel of the film. And like, oh my god, this person that they, they were missing. But every because of Scream, every fucking movie was a damn fucking murder mystery whodunit. They spent an hour on that instead of spending it on <laughs> other things. And just let, let the kids get bumped off. Who gives a fuck who's doing... We'll find out in the end when there's a reveal. That's right. the biggest problem. Yeah, but don't you think that it's slash. more, um, like... It's, I, it's I, formulaic. I, 
Well, but is that is the, is the originals not formulaic? Like the ones from yes, the 80s? Yes, they were. They're, they're more. But, but that's better, though. Don't this you think it's better? A, to... a but they're, but they're also in the realm of being at the original time, though, too. Even though they were clones of each other, it still, it still kind of worked. Right? Because it was still, it, it, like I said, like they were still being original, but not original at the same time. When, when you're talking about like 25 years later... It's not the same. It's, it has. It's just not the I same think, thing. I, I mean, I obviously prefer like eighty slashers, but I like them both for different reasons. And I do like the emphasis on like the whodunit of the nineties and the early two thousands. And I do like that the characters are more fleshed out, and uh, the music is usually like higher budget. They're just higher budget movies, honestly. Mm. Um, but I like. I, I'm not saying that I don't like the low budget slashers of the eighties. I just like both of them for different reasons no, yeah cool. it's all about personal preference i, I just, you guys got to remember too like i grew up this was the new horror to me you know what i mean like i didn't have the 80s horror coming out new so i have a lot of personal attachment to this stuff well that's all they had was scream you can ask anybody from that era what fucking got you into horror i mean and they're all gonna if, if we if we broke this down, if we broke this down and asked Brandon what the best slasher film of all time, he'd tell you a keynote in 2015, and that's the Final Girls. Oh God! No, no, Maniac, Maniac's his favorite. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I know really? he really. I I, I know he I really know likes the Final Girls. Was. The Final He's Girl. high on the Final Girls. It's in his top 20. And fuck, it might even be in mine. As a matter of fact, but I mean, I'd have to look at it. Because I know what I rate it, and I just, you know, if, if a movie's an eight, if I give a movie an eight, there's only so many slashers I'd give it an eight. So yeah. when so I made my top 14 list, that's how I would do it. Yeah, know? Girl House was one I loved in 2014. That was really good. Charlie's Farm, that was recent. I really liked that one, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that was in 14 also. Mm. Um, I don't know, man. There, there's. Did you ever watch there's the... There's more. The, I know this is a funny question. People are going to roll their eyes. But did you ever watch the my Super Psycho Sweet 16 movies? It was the MTV trilogy. I want trilogy. you, you guys—they're better than you would ever. Dude, you would expect. never fucking believe it, man. The first one is legitimate, dude. You would never believe this was produced for MTV. It's gory. It's fun. It's actually a good slasher movie. And like the thing is, man, you know, part two and three—they are what they are. They're not horrible movies, but it's like continuate. Like it's one big trilogy. You know, I give him credit right. for like having like, continuity. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like Fear Street before Fear Street. It is no, it is Fear Street before Fear Street. That's that's a great yeah. way of looking at it, man. You know, and yeah. you know, I mean, th- there's been lots of good ones, man. Headless in fifteen, fucking uh, yeah. the Sleeper in twelve. Like that I was, do like the Sleeper. There's been some good, like bloody bloody Bible camp. Fuck off! I love that movie. Before anyone says anything, <laughs> fuck off. I love it. I don't even like that Hills Run Red movie, but I know a lot of people love it. No, the I Hills like Run that. Red movie would have been fantastic if they had not terrible. done the really terrible CG on the kills. Because the kills were good. But they kind of fucked yeah, it up with the CG. the kills are good. The reveal fucking completely ruined it for him. I said that's not possible at all. All you got to know, know when you're talking about Bloody Bloody Bible Cam from 2012 is that Reggie fucking Bannister's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Bannister is probably one of the most underutilized. I think he plays the priest the in it. Time. He plays the priest. I'm pretty sure he does. It's fucking funny, man. Yeah. Um, I love. I love some Phantasm. I actually watched Phantasm the other night just for fun. Fuck the hell, man. Oh, the the best Hatchet movie came out in 2013, 13, which is Hatchet Three. Fuck, man. You're right. Damn. Uh, yeah. I, you know, what? I fucks with Laid to Rest a little bit Be- behind the mask. Yeah. That's A tier. For that's good shit. Modern. 
You know what is a really underrated slasher movie? Is fucking President's Day from 2010. That I one, can't get my fucking hands on it. I ever. actually it have a DVD, and I'm, I, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, our motherfucking homeboy, he is too. I'm looking it up right now. Chauncey Phillips is in it, man. Mr. Cool Duder. It's a good movie. Oh it's actually, No, it's legitimate. It's actually a pretty good movie. It's probably like the best movie ever it. appeared in. <laughs> Maniac Remake, 2012. Um, Maniac Remake is next level. Yeah. So, oh, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to prove Dave's point here of slasher films from 2010 and 19. There's a lot of good ones, man. I, I am scrolling through a list. Yeah, I'm trying to remind it. myself. I even like Halloween. I know you guys didn't like Halloween 2018, but I like garbage. It. It's like my, you know, it's in the middle for me. I enjoy. I like Halloween Kills more. Halloween Kills oh, was even too. worse for me. Halloween. It was even worse for me. <laughs> Fuck that um, movie. Ugh. I can't wait till there's, Halloween. There's I literally shit. can't wait for Halloween Ends because it literally call, is called Halloween Ends. Thank the Lord that it's fucking <laughs> ending. You can hope. This I, chapter I, ends. Yeah. Honestly, I like to scream a lot too, if that counts. <laughs> That's, no, it's too late. Too late. 20, I'm just like, I'm, I'm whatever yeah, with fuck. it. I thought we were talking like modern. Just moderns? Yeah. yeah, I mean they're still doing good stuff. I like Texas Chainsaw better than both of them. Well, no, no, not, Actually, not better than Halloween. Texas Chainsaw I definitely was like it better fun. than Scream. Oh my yeah. God, my! I, I, like I don't a know. Little better than Scream. Did we? Did no, no? We had the bonus conversation on the show. I we recorded a whole conversation about this. I think in between segments, and then I put it as a bonus segment at at the end of the show. And a lot of people agreed with my uh, with my thoughts on that one. Really? Fuck them. I did a good review, man. I'm telling you, I don't fucking promote my reviews much but this one i think oh when you come on our show man it's all about self-promotion man just just do it up no but (laughs) this is the this is the fucking bare bones thing on the skeleton crew feed me and alex and fucking jamie did it and we really got into the texas chainsaw 2022 and i think if some people listen to that they might have a better appreciation that's one review that i want to pimp because I think we did a good job on that. But anyway. No, it, I, it you know, has I'm, a lot of pros. It has a lot of cons. And, you know, and, you know, the short and long, because you probably didn't hear what I said about it, but my biggest issue with the film is that this is a direct... No, you did listen. Okay, so... but like, Dave, and I like it. That, Dave listens to all of them. But that's, yes, but that, but that's the thing, though. I'm surprised more people don't have an issue with that issue because, like, when you have a direct sequel to a film... You know, you kind of want it to be on that same kind of level, but it's just there's so many things in the narrative that are so unbelievable, right? And it's just like we're talking 50 years later here, kind of thing, right? And or 40 years or whatever it is, yeah. But what do you think is unbelievable? Well, the fact, I mean, let's face it here, man. Um, what's unbelievable is well first of all i mean obviously how leatherface is moving after fucking 50 years i mean he's a little bit too agile for what he is but that's not really my problem my problem is is that you know in the first film we have this leatherface character no no fucks are given and they kind of play it off like you know he's been almost not doing this for so long he's been kind of like hiding behind the surrogate mother and shit like that and i just don't believe that whole narrative i don't believe that this shit just happens like that um, okay, well, that's fair. That's not something I can argue at all. Okay, but the whole setup to the film. So that's yeah. that's my biggest problem with the Leatherface. Like, he's kind of hiding behind this this whole surrogate mother thing. But the problem is, is how they play off with the whole sympathy, the whole sympathy thing, right? So we get it, man. These people, these fucking YouTube stars roll in. 
They totally do them wrong. She ends up dying and stuff. And then it's like, it turns into the sympathy thing, man. It's like almost a revenge film for Leatherface at this point. And I'm just like, really? Like, this is the, we're going to set it up like this. It's the so 2022 to make Leatherface a sympathetic character at this moment because he just lost a surrogate mother. Now he's going on a rampage. He just justified the murders. You can't uh, fuck all these characters. Plus they all sucked anyways. So it fucking makes <laughs> sense why he goes there. back and kill all the people. You're going to make Leatherface sympathetic. He wasn't even close to being sympathetic in the original film he was a motherfucking killer like all of them were nobody like he should have still That's been true. like this and it was it was I a, it was a bad disagree setup with you. and i fucking yeah. say fuck the cancel culture even though they were kind of making fun of it still yeah, leave totally. the That's youtube shit leave the youtube star bullshit out of the movie leave the cancel cu- uh, cancel culture shit out of the fucking movie can we just do a shit without any of this bullshit social media bullshit in these fucking movies they were stars. They were chef stars on YouTube. Dude, there were so many things that was just driving me nuts. Just make a fucking movie, man. Like I'm just glad they were in a secluded area with fucking kids and they all got bumped off. Well, I got to say. Because you don't get to see that enough. It's old school for it me. Put them here. Give them a reason to go and let them get fucking whacked. And they did. It literally right. had a chainsaw massacre. And I gave them all the credit yeah. in the world for having an app, an actual chainsaw massacre and not copping out at the end and leaving two survivors. That was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, well, the sympathetic thing that I can't even disagree with you on that because that's right. That's your opinion on it. You don't like that he's sympathetic. So there's nothing I can say about that. The thing is, I there's another thing about his character. He was scared in fucking Chainsaw One. He was nervous all, all the time. Remember, he's freaking out because people keep coming to him and he has to keep killing to him. He became a killing machine, but he was it was always at the behest of fucking really nubbins telling him what to do well he was so, scared yeah, because he was a he total was a, he introvert was he, he was he was a product of right. his environment right he was an introvert because he was forced to be like that right you're gonna be near you're you're true you're always gonna but be nervous around people outsiders to- if you know if you're not used to that type of shit the, the character made sense in the original film but i don't yeah, think you get past it though a little bit couldn't you see him be, I mean, you know, this woman taking him under his wings and she's not going to take care of you, stay here, you got nothing to worry about. And just he's 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 a little timid about it because he doesn't have anyone anymore to direct him. I don't think it's that far of a stretch because just because of some of his, his mannerisms in the first movie. OK, I don't know. So, so that's one thing. And then we got um, and then we got the sheriff really 50 years, never found him. And then you show up and then you die in like three and a half minutes. See, I love that because they didn't fucking make it like a Laurie Strode. They kept it. They didn't make it the emphasis of the story. Well, if they, they put, would have made that the fucking core of the story, I would have been pissed off. But the but way they did include, include it, it to me was perfect. But they kind of did. It just it. didn't make sense I to mean, even include it. But the me. whole thing with Chainsaw oh, 22 it. is it's very much in the vein of Halloween 18, though. It's almost the same thing. It's like it's set. Which is you know, expected at this point. They right. always do this franchise movies. They all ape each other when they get popular and they've been doing it since the fucking eighties. You know? You know, and that was kind of the thing I was kinda of disappointed. I was like, man, they kinda of rolled with that popularity of Halloween eighteen a little bit and with this narrative a little bit and but they really did her character wrong. I was like, fuck. And it was almost like when she gets fucking, you know, projected up on that chainsaw and then she's like still alive at the end, I was like, Fuck off, shut up. This is so stupid. I mean <laughs> it was I mean that was ridiculous though. I mean, you can don't matter how much you can suspend your belief on shit. I mean, give me a fucking break. But I did I I thought it was kinda comical to be honest, like how much they just said fuck that character. <laughs> But they, fuck! But, I had fun. I like seeing it. But my problem yeah. with that though is that they kind of promoted the film of like, you know, the return. You know, she's still there. It's like fifty years later, kind of thing. And like, I was like, I was expecting a little bit more from 
that kind of hype and set up a little bit. And I was like, oh, shit. They really didn't do much of that except for just do her wrong. <laughs> but See, that's why I like it. Cause the gore is fantastic, though. Like the gore is fantastic. Yeah, it was. Good kills, shit like that. I don't know. I'm simple. Give me a bunch of kids. Give me a story I can follow. Because it, it seems like it'd be hard to do. That, that it shouldn't be hard to do, but it is. So many shit slashers are shitty. Get kids in an isolated place. You can get them fucking bumped off in gory ways, and I'm a happy guy. I wouldn't and have that, much that, of a problem. I, I wouldn't have much of a problem with this film if it was like a if it was like a standalone. But the fact that it is a direct sequel to the original film is what kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I think if this was like a way down sequel or even a standalone kind of film, I think it would work a lot better because you got you you don't have that previous storyline, right? You're still thinking this is Leatherface. You're still thinking these things, right? It's a direct sequel. You can't get away from that, right? I mean, especially for somebody like JP, it's his favorite movie of all time. Like, you have to have that connection to these characters and understand, like, you know, I mean, I don't think things would be like that. I just don't. I get, I get that. I get that. But it's no different than fucking what's, what's, what sequels usually do in, in just about every franchise that we're in. They're all fucked up. You always like, oh, well, how, you know what I mean? How many times have we complained about, well, well, this sequel did this. And I, I, think what I'm getting, this I think what I'm getting at here is stop making fucking sequels based off original films from 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Yeah, it's I'm kind of getting tired of that trend now. Too. I guess I wanted it. <laughs> like, as soon as it happened, I said it on Exploding. I said, well, I want to see a Friday the 13th. I want Ginny to come back. She's now a counselor for this ad, and she's been through this shit. And Jason show. and I said this a year ago, just after two, the, instead they did it with fucking Texas Chainsaw with her, but... I like that idea. And you know, you I know, know working on this okay shit with you. with that for Friday just because I'll take anything Friday at this point. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they're working on the shit with Nightmare on Elm Street too. They're just going to work on the sequel. Like it's going to be a direct sequel Dude, to the original I'll take film that as well. Hell yeah. yeah. I'll take that. At this point, oh, I would too, way. because we're never going to see another nightmare <laughs> film. Just the way it is. I know. Sucks. By the way, I give, I give Billy club a 6.5. Oh yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask you about that. <laughs> Yeah. All right, sorry. Right, so. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to have. Talk about 22 shots of fucking movie. Oh, no, no, we, we like this. I, kind, I but that's what we do. We talk. And people seem to like kind of misconstrue that a little bit. It's like, well, you guys kind of go off on these tangents. I'm like, but we're just talking, man. We're talking about what you want to hear. So I mean, the whole point of a podcast right. is to talk. So I don't right. know what the fuck. Yeah. Hey, man, no, I think it's funny. No, I, that, That's my favorite parts of the show. So I, I dig it. And I, I will say... And I will say one of those movies, one of those good slasher movies that falls into, you know, 2010 to 19. Uh, let me, oh, does it, did it come out then? I started uh, making a list the other day. Fucking Happy Death Day is garbage. Fuck that movie. I don't mind. It's okay. I, I don't fucking really, hate okay. it. I never even bothered with I the sequel. I'm like, I'm like, fuck that shit, man. <laughs> I know people seem to love that shit, man. I'm just like, no, not good. Eh, I don't good. hate it. It's, it's okay, but the second one I wasn't into really. Uh, second one I didn't like at all. Yeah, mm. I, I wasn't putting myself. Freaky that was shit. good though. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that was that. We got all our ratings in there. Yep. JP, would you rate it? Uh, Billy Club. I gave it six and a half. Okay. All right. Well, well, highest on that one. You're gonna give it a seven. I like it. All right. So that is gonna yeah. conclude episode two twenty four. Killer baseball flicks. <laughs> Sounds funny even saying that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
Uh, Dave, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, might be back thank soon, you. sooner than later. I, anytime, man. I hope. I hope so. Anytime, all. Anytime I can make it. You guys need somebody. Just call me. You know, I'm in. Sounds good to me, man. So Sounds you. good. Yeah, no, always it's a pleasure. Good show. Good show. Good show. All right. Well, I guess uh, since we don't have the outro, we'll just uh, play some audio clips. No, I don't have an audio clip. I'm just fucking guys. <laughs> all the links are down below, anyways. So that's all you need to know. We're out of here. Peace. Deuces. Peace. Oh, oh, mate, stop.